Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, if there's one thing I like, it's a nice, clean, bicentennial quarter. So for those that are out of the U.S. Oh, I get where you're going with this. You? The show number. Yes, yes it now, is. Now, now, now. Yeah, 1976, now the, the yeah. United States issued special quarters to celebrate the bicentennial. Okay. I don't I think can, I have any of those handy. You don't have any? No, I don't believe I do. I've got a little collection. I mean, they're worth a quarter. You know, I was I was gonna I was just gonna ask that. I mean, what are I mean, they you've worth anything me. over face value? Would, would it would it surprise you to learn that I had a minor collection of bicentennial quarters? No, it doesn't surprise not me one bit. Actually, no, I, would, I would not think so. No, yeah, no. In, in fact, you're just it, what you're doing is you're maintaining the standard that you have established for yourself. <laughs> I am. Yes, yes I you, am. Yes, you are. So yes, in 1976, they issued the special run of quarters to commemorate the 200th anniversary of the United States, which reminds me of our show. Yes, the 76th episode. Yeah, the big, the big seven six man. We made it. Yeah, we did. I think we say that every show or i had the last yeah. several yeah the, the last several we have and i don't really know why we've gotten into this uh, into this pattern but uh, hey we're here we're here well, for number 76 I, and we're back i keep i'm amazed that we're here because every show could be our last <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean statistically i hope not <laughs> technically it's a possibility but i like to keep an open mind whitney <laughs> like to keep an open mind yeah well i you know i i guess if you know imminent domain were to come through and we no longer have our houses or anything like that then yeah yeah i i, I totally get that so this is uh december uh 2018 so this i guess is our christmas episode, i guess i guess it would right? be the christmas episode yeah. dude this will probably hit what i'd say just right after so uh it'll it'll be right around new year's okay uh new year's eve or new year's yep. eve eve when i do this and so I, i'm gonna a little gonna belated say, christmas gift yeah hey, it'll be it'll be a belated christmas gift we're gonna correct. be honest you know whitney and i are thrifty so if we were buying you a gift anyway, chances are we would wait to those double discount super sales on Christmas Eve. Yeah, so, ex- exactly. Yeah. Or I will purposely hold it until eleven thirty-two on on New Year's Eve, and then I'll say <laughs> you'll drop Voila. it. Happy it New Year! Yeah, exactly. Happy New Year's. It's like it's like do you guys run so late every single month? And like, nah, I just I just sit here and I just like to have my thumb on the button is what I do. So it's all good. <laughs> he sits there for like two days. Just yeah. Wait, exactly. countdown. Exactly. It's like just NASA. Yeah. I mean, I've got I've got my my finger on the mouse button, and I just sit there with a smile on my face. It's like, when am I going to click it? I think I'll click it now. Well, happy, uh, I guess by the time you hear this, happy new year. Yes. And hope yeah. you had a Merry Christmas and a happy new year as well. Yes. You know, one of these years, Whitney, and you know, I'm also assuming that we're going to continue on another year and this won't be the last show. We need to do a, ret- or, or is that too cliche to do a, a, a podcast retrospective of the year? Um, no, I don't think it's too cliche. I, I, I know we're not prepared to do it tonight. No, no, but, no. But, I mean, I, but yeah, if, if, well, one, I, there's two reasons, two, two things, two reasons I said that one, just as an idea, it sprung into my mind and thought I'd throw it out there. And yeah. two, I wanted to see that deer in headlights look that I love to elicit in you. <laughs> 
whenever <laughs> when, when I've got to think on my feet. Well, exactly. when it, yeah, because yeah. what has just happened, folks, is you couldn't hear it, but I slammed the brakes on and I jerked the wheel of the car hard left. Yeah. And Whitney did not have his seatbelt <laughs> on. He was ready to make a decision. Yes, <laughs> stay yeah. or bail. Yeah, stay or <laughs> stay or bail. <laughs> no, we would stay. It's just the show would be a very different show than what we had planned. I mean, we talked so long. <laughs> <laughs> than what we planned. We talked so long on any given subject. I mean, could you imagine a retrospective? <laughs> it would be... I'll tell you how we do a retrospective. We take every MP3 for the last 12 months, and, and I, I bust out my command line, and I go copy one plus copy two plus copy three. Oh, man. And then I do it all through 12, and I put a slash B at the end of it, and we just output a 6.4 gigabyte MP3 file. Oh. Yeah. You know what would be, it would be kind of funny, though, is to... Uh, uh, at the end of a year, mm-hmm. we we could probably do this actually pretty easy. Just just even get a year to year average, total up the the runtime of each show yeah. and the file size of each show, oh. just to get an idea. You know how much <laughs> how much content we produce. Oh, in compressed format. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I know the 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 multiples of gigabytes that we produce uncompressed it just from a running month to month because man I keep an archive at my house of every single show as do I uh, yeah. yeah exactly and let me and tell then I you, send us I send a copy off to uh, the Smithsonian oh you do yeah really? I, do. I do yeah excellent I, I send a copy off to the Strong Museum of Play and then about thirty days later it comes back oh with a with a please quit sending this yeah, to yeah us. It, it's exactly <laughs> Note it, it's on exactly it. right it's filed with the AARP membership card <laughs> and uh, and then uh, you know other stuff so yes I had a uh, I was uh, chatting text with a friend of the show Alberto Luna oh yeah and uh, um, some stuff ca- we was talking about Ooh, was I a- owe him a reply that just that Do just you? popped in my head thank you you want me to stop thank the show you. no 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 it's a, it's all good okay. so Alberto through the if you're listening buddy through the magic of editing and uh, about two weeks I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my commitment taken care of yeah yeah sorry <laughs> he uh, uh, he said he was listening to the show in uh, in his car with his wife so I'll go and take this opportunity now. You know, in the event that Alberto is repeating that and he is yet again in, in a vehicle and trapped his wife with him in that vehicle to listen to the show, uh, she apparently had tuned us out at one point in time when we were talking about the uh, Braun flashlights. Oh, yes. And what uh, I assume felt like forever to her later, she tuned back in and <laughs> said, Are they still talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny. The whole thing about the flashlights is when we get into the feedback, we even have people emailing us about the flashlights. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's officially a thing. Yep. I'll say I bought more of them than I care to admit on air. Uh, and I've used every single one of them, and uh, I've even gotten good uh, practicing ninja skills and throwing them across the house. And so, you know, because I mean, like a big lightsaber. I mean, dude, I, it's almost like the little baton that Daredevil would carry on his yep. hip. You know, he'd get it out and whoosh, wing it at a villain or a thug or something. I mean, they, they've just got multiple them uses. With it. Yeah. Well, uh, oh my gosh, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. I, I, you I know have, what I'm talking about. Right? I do. I do. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've meant to actually go out and grab a couple more and then like some spare batteries. Oh, yeah. I need to get some spare batteries. And I just, 
it keeps getting away from me. Yeah, you know, no, honestly, I, I, I never I think that. about it till I have. Oh, let me go grab that light, and I'm like, God, I need to order a couple more of these and put one in the shop, one upstairs, one, yeah. you know, everywhere. Yeah. So, yep. Well, okay, tell you what, Whitney. There's there's one thing before we get into the the regular court. Well, if die drive. Yeah, if we are the irregular regular that is the show. Yeah. There's something I wanted to go ahead and talk about here at the top, and. That that is our dear friend, Mr. Joel West. Yeah, yeah. We we lost a good one uh, in between the last month's episode and in this month, and uh, would just like to say that uh, I, I, he he was a legend. He was, the man was a legend in to the community and to the hobby, and he will be sorely missed. I mean, we got a, a good opportunity to speak with Joel on numerous occasions and he was just uh, just always always great. I, I just really appreciated his his style. Uh, I, absolutely. Yeah. Joel was, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many times I was at a show with Joel and I, I may not have seen him or spoken with him in six or eight months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'd be manning the booth that you know, there was generally a booth that went along with the crew, the crew yeah. that was Walter and Billy and Joel, yeah. you know, yeah. and, I could just sit down and we could just pick up where we had left off. And it yeah. was just like, I talked to him a minute ago and went and got him a Pepsi and came back. Yeah. And he's just, just the, the kindest, sweetest soul, yeah. always willing to help people mm-hmm. and always there for his friends. And actually Whitney, my berserk has got his signature on it up on the marquee. And I guess it does. I see that now. I am, yeah. I am 99 because I honestly I haven't looked in a bit, but I yeah. can't imagine anyone having eclipsed it. Uh, we posted a picture to Twitter and to Facebook. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I got it out on both of them. Yeah. That was from Louisville Arcade Expo a couple years ago when Walter, Joel, and Billy were there. And Joel gave a, a speech on Berserk. Mm-hmm. And they he used my Berserk. So he, here's Joel, who who had the world record in the game and was. I don't think he he currently has it. I think he's still got a couple titles, but world, world-class player can play oh, yeah. the thing in his sleep. Yeah. Joel is giving a presentation on how to play Berserk, on the development of Berserk, all that kind of fun stuff, all while playing the game and absolutely destroying Crushing it, yeah. the highest score that had been on that game. That was one of the that, – where that game sets, that was – I've had that game since almost the beginning. And it was the first game in the game room when I built this game room out, and that's where oh. I put it, and that's where it stayed. Yeah. And other than when it went to the show, yeah, Arca- yeah. Little Arcade Expo, and <laughs> just like it was nothing, he destroyed it. Yeah. And I, I'm like I said, I, I'm I can't imagine why it wouldn't still be there, but his initial should be on my game actually right now. But, <laughs> so we're gonna if you're uh, friends with. Uh, um, other others in the community, you know, because that we're large but we're small. Depending on who your Facebook friends with, uh, you may have seen multiple. I, I, I don't know what word to use here, Whitney, but statements, comments, stories mm-hmm. uh, from yeah, tributes. From, tributes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you're welcome to Joel. Mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and link in the show notes, and this is actually on our Facebook page as well. Was a a really good story from the Charlotte observer Mm -hmm. and the way it starts out and this speaks to to walter walter day and walter was like joel needs to be recognized and he actually reached out to 
the, the Charlotte Observer, according to the very beginning of the story, and said, hey, you don't realize this, apparently, but this is what's happened. And they researched him, and in a short order, because I, I think it was, I think the story noted it was eight days between initial contact and story. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a few days. I, I'm yeah. pulling eight out of the air, so don't hold me to that. But it was really short. Yeah. They had thoroughly researched and wrote, written a very nice and lengthy piece on Joel. So, you know, I would I would highly suggest everybody out there check it out. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting and I'll talk to this when we get when we get to the uh, our individual updates. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to go to Chicago for a couple of days uh in between uh last month's show and in this in this show and spent some time at the Gallup and Ghost Arcade. And I rolled through and checked numerous machines that I or games I just hadn't played in, in quite some time. And I was thinking about Joel, and I, I went and looked at their Berserk and their Frenzy and their Rally X, and his name and his scores were up on each one of those little placards that Doc has got on top of each one of the games. Oh, I've forgotten Rally X. Yeah. He was a he a was big a huge, he was Rally a big time Rally X player. And uh, and his his name and a date and score and everything was on was on each one of those. And he was he was actually a rather prolific player because there were other games at Galloping Ghost that he had his name and his score posted on that may not have been a world record score, but he at least came in number three, number two, or number one from a house record perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was it was interesting to walk just to walk through there and just say, hey, I wonder if Joel's Joe's name. Whoa, look, there's Joel. There's Joel West on that card, and <laughs> I just never really would have thought that. And it, it made me feel a little melancholy, to be quite honest with you, to see that because, uh, as you say, this this group is large, but it's small. And I guess when kind of one of our own passes on like that, and and we all know, uh, you know, we all know that it's unavoidable and it's inevitable. But it, it still it still kind of gets you in the feels, especially for especially for a good guy like Joel. So, well, Joel, buddy, um, we'll miss you. <laughs> yeah, Godspeed, bro. Yeah, game so, on, buddy. That's it. Game on. Okay, Whitney. So I'll tell you what. Let's roll into some updates, and then. Um, hey, there might be some surprises in here. Whoa! Oh, I love me some surprises. Whitney's, Whitney's eyes started skating in the exactly, room. He's exactly. already trying to figure out. Yeah, you pulled me back from the car wreck and the you know the, the brake slam and everything like that. And I'll do it just like Grace does it to me. You've got surprises for <laughs> me like that. So. <laughs> Whitney's eyes are like, okay, I'm going to look around here and what in this room doesn't fit? Because <laughs> there's going to be something I'm going to have to squirrel around with. <laughs> well, besides myself, I don't really know. So, But it's all good. Okay. Well, all right. So some quick updates. For folks that have been listening to the show, they know I've had an ongoing uh, love-hate relationship with a couple pieces of equipment, one being a 3D printer and the other being the thermoforming machines that I'm building. Yep, yep. And so just a quick update on that for those that have talked to me about it and asked me questions yeah. and provided advice. I haven't been able to get back to it. Just, oh, I so know that feeling. I do. It's driving me crazy. It's crushing, isn't it? I, I mean, it's one of those things that it weighs on you and it's like, Ugh. well, I'm still following, especially like the 3D printing stuff. I'm still following the forums and uh, have you have you heard of uh, the YouTube channel 3D Printing Nerd? No, I have not. It, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to watch. And his 
you know, as luck would have it, for lack of a better term, his name happens to be Joel as well. And (laughs) Joel is, uh, he he started a channel, uh, started 3D printing, and he has kind of turned it into basically his job. Okay. Really? Yeah. There's a point if you kind of watch back a little bit where he gives you an update and he discusses where okay this and 3D he's printing nerd 3d printing nerd i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, you you keep you keep yeah. rolling i'm gonna go look it up oh okay yeah he uh he got he, he he got to a point in his life where he he said okay i think i can make a go of this and, uh-huh. and i say in his life this is relatively new as i understand the channel like within a couple years and he he looked at the math and he said okay this is you know this is how i'm I'm making money. This is how it's it's working out financially. This is what we need to do. And yeah. he, he loosely talked about it in an update episode just to kind of tell everybody where he was at. And he's making a go of it, being a YouTube content provider okay. based in 3D printing. He's, he's doing some really kind of cool stuff. And it's not, it's not super – it's not a techie type thing. It's – uh, I'm going to show you this type of filament. Okay, I'm going to do some interviews and some... He's getting more on-site stuff now that he's getting to be known. Like Gillette took him on-site because Gillette is doing some stuff with 3D printing where they'll custom make like razor handles for you. Oh, nice. So okay. you know, now these companies, not just the smaller companies that are providing kind of unique and niche 3D printing equipment and accessories and filament and the like, but these larger companies are also reaching out to him. So he's, he, he's living the dream, so to speak, Okay, but it's not super techie. Like you're not going to get in there and he's going to just, okay, now get out the mic and you're going to take, you're going to pull, you know, you're going to do this for two millimeters and this for a millimeter and this setting needs to be an eight, not a six and a half. And that's not, that's not what it's about. Uh, it, It, it's really kind of, you have to watch it. It's he's very entertaining, and just and even he knows it. He's very he's very entertaining in his own mannerisms. Yeah, okay. It, gotcha. It's just, it's sort of addicting to watch him. He just <laughs> loves it. Okay, all right. Well, so, good deal. Well, I, I'll definitely. So yeah, I'm st- I'm still in tune with all that, and one of the things that just it's like a constant reminder. Whitney is is we're approaching Christmas. Here he is, three D printing nerd. <laughs> yep. Whoa, two hundred and almost two hundred eighty three thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, oh, he's legit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and toss him a sub we'll, oh, yeah. and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So where I actually keep my 3d printer is in a spare room where I also happen to have the Christmas gifts for the family. So every time like something shows up from Amazon or something I've got off eBay or whatever, and I take, okay, this belongs to this person and I, and I get it all sorted out. And then it's like, there's that 3D printer right there. Like, print yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I'll get back to it. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, I'm not going to burst any bubbles here, but I'm telling you and, and the community this to to share, to say that, you know, shared misery is, is company. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I did catch a coupon code for gear best and i did order one of your i did order the same printer that you ordered okay so yeah. so i i caught it I, I got what i thought was was a good deal on the printer and um it it sh- it shipped reasonably quickly i've got it and you know where it's at still, still in, in the box, box. <laughs> still in a box yes so 
I'd like to tell myself that I'll get to it over Christmas break. I know that won't happen um, because Christmas break at our house is typically hanging out with the family and watching movie and you know playing games and stuff like that. It's not really meant for yeah. Whitney to go lock himself in a room and try to figure something out. And so, um, as it should be, I, as yep. it should be. It, so I don't know when I'll get to the printer, but I, I feel I, I feel good about my purchase because I got it in the money. I got I caught it with a good coupon code, and it's like you know what, it's there. I'll I'll get to it, and I, and I know it's not going to be a bad investment. So, but yeah, so don't 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 feel bad. <laughs> I'm still sitting in my garage. <laughs> Uh, speaking of trying to get stuff kind of knocked out, the Star yeah. Wars Episode One pin seems to continue to drag on and on. Yeah, the, yeah Whitney just motioned toward the table that yeah. usually half of our recording rig is on. Oh, hey, have you got the have you got the gun sh- the uh, the shotgun sound queued up? No, I don't. I uh, on it <laughs> because I really wanted to set my sights right there on Jar Jar Binks. Oh, he is and, looking at you and just isn't he? pop him right off the table. Right he is look. He's kind of staring at you. Yeah, with his I know. Googly he, yeah, eyes. He's giving me the stare down. I'll I'll deal with Jar Jar in between segments. How about that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not a Jar Jar Binks fan at all. Would it make? Would, should I turn that ramp assembly around so he's not looking at you? <laughs> yeah, please do. I mean, it, him it's and Watto. Yeah, it's one of those deals. It's almost like a clown. It's it watches me as I move through the house. Well, from this angle, he's he's literally got a screw up as you know what. He's got a screw up at Keister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the all the parts that I had laid out on the table. Mm-hmm. That were in the way last month when we recorded. They're still in the same spot. Are still in the same spot. I totally get it, dude. I, to- I and I only say that well, because I so feel for you. So, but there's been a lot of a lot of improvement with the game, though. Yeah, so, oh, well, that's good. That's good. I, I mentioned that there was a little ball damage in the in the back center of the game, behind where there's a uh, a gate that raises and lowers, and it, this this has to do with that Pepper's Ghost effect, and you know. Things are overlaid on the play field that you see in the glass. Yes. And you yeah. don't really see this area, but there's just from the ball hitting in this space and then ending up in a vertical up kicker saucer, it, it's worn. Mm-hmm. And the left scoop, or it's not even as much, yeah, I guess you'd call it a scoop. The, there's a, uh, a, 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 like a saucer to the left and a saucer to the, to the right, about two thirds of the way of the play field. The one on the left was more damaged than the one on the right. So what I've done with those is they've, they've had like four coats of polyurethane. You know, I cleaned them up as best I could and I could, you could get into trying to wood fill them, but then it really wouldn't match. And it's yeah, just, yeah. I'm not doing a full play field restoration, but I wanted to, to really stave off as much additional damage as I could. And, you know, when that wood is splintered open a little bit, you can even get it to absorb almost like, like a sponge sucking in that polyurethane. Yeah. And hardening everything. up. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the intention. I, sealed those up with like i said four coats with a little light sand between each and i'm I'm real happy with that so oh, i've already gotten to the point where i've finished cleaning the play field and it's already got the three coats of the the colonite marine wax marine and aeronautical wax that i like to use that's already on there already gone through the inserts cleaned them got the leds in the lower under the play field all those taken care of got all the color matching and all that stuff taken care of the uh mechs i'm working on now and i'm probably about three quarters of the way through tearing them down new sleeves and cleaning them out and just whatever else needs to be addressed 
the uh, um, I say I've got the trough left, and which is you know there's a vertical up kicker that goes ahead and loads the shooter lane, just clean it up yeah. and then clean the whole yeah. trough, and, and the pop bumpers because I took the pop bumpers all the way out and I just I I hate doing pop bumpers yeah i'm sure they're pretty i mean are they pretty mangled and beat up well the skirts are are mangled so those those got those are gonna get replaced but what just what just irritates me about the pop bumpers is is at least on williams games they have you know there's a there's a a lamp socket in it for your your 555 lamp and generally at least in the games where i've had to do this it's like a a hard wire two hard wires that come out and then one of them will snake its way out through a little clear space that's like cut for clearance in the uh, the pop bumper bracket. It'll kind of get close to metal, so there's a sleeve over it to insulate it. Yeah, and then they're just stapled to the underside of the play field, and then solder the wires are soldered on, and it's just. It's just a pain, yeah. you know, yeah. pulling the staples and doing this, and it's just it. I don't, you know, it's kind of like oh, uh, whatever. Whoever has to take this apart, that's their problem. It's you know? their problem. It, it's just kind of a. Yeah. It's it's not as straightforward as a lot of other things yeah, are. If that I, makes I, any I, sense, I, I just I, I hate that. messing with them. Yeah, I get that. And actually, I forgot to do this. I meant to go out and turn the tumbler on. I'm going through a second round of tumbling all the hardware for cleaning. If you listen to a prior show, we talked about getting a tumbler to clean hardware for pinballs. What uh, uh, change your change your walnut shells, your crushed walnut shell media? It, I just I, I pulled it all I out. Get, I need to get some new of that. Do you? Yeah. I, I pulled everything out, and I was like, man, this this could be better. And I got got to look in, and I just realized I'd gone out there and dumped the parts in it and fired it up. And then I got to look at fresh media in the bag, and it's just like, okay, I've run this media too long. It's too fine. Yeah, yeah. Is what it is. So kind of going through that, but it's not like I haven't had time. Um, so here's some interesting things. This is the first pin 2K that I've done. All right? So you had – you've really only got two that made production. You got Star Wars Episode One. And uh, Revenge from Mars. Revenge. Yeah, Revenge. Correct. So I'm assuming Revenge is the same. Here's something interesting that they've really put an eye towards serviceability, other than the pop bumpers. You know, when you consider this game versus the other Williams, the other Williams games, even the you know, as you run up to the last of the DMD games, and what I'm what I mean by that is like the coils. None of the coils are soldered on. All the wiring harness ends have quick disconnects. And any switch that's on the assembly where the coil is located, or in some cases even a lamp socket, there's all they're all in line like Molex plugs. Mm-hmm. So you can pop, you know, you just pull your quick disconnects off, you pop your disc your uh Molex plugs for, for the switch or whatever, you take the screws out and you're holding the whole assembly in your hand mm-hmm. so you can walk it over to a bench and do whatever with it uh you don't have to worry about well i could take it down to do this but the the switch is soldered in or this is soldered in and you're always kind of well then i take the switch off then i lose the screws and it's is it just worth it just doing it in here mm-hmm. yeah. and if you're just going to change a coil you, you don't even have to solder it you pop, unplug it drop your coil and plug it back in so they they Man, they were they were starting to get on the right path, and the the optos in this and game. Are, it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. The optos in this game are are thought out in that 
the uh, the they're on a bar, and I hadn't noticed this in other games, and this also may lend itself to where they happen to be located in the play field, but they're on a bar that. Uh, it, I don't know how you would describe it. I, I mean, I, I know terms in other industries that that would describe it, but it almost looks like a a very long and short like U shape. So imagine like a flat bar that then kind of curls up and then curls back over to give you like a little a little ledge. Mm-hmm. And so they're on that, and then there's there's two holes in the playfield that lines up to the end of that bar where the optos are. So you can unplug the optos, run out two or four screws, depending on which set, and pull the whole bar out, and you're holding the optos hmm. if you need to change an opto. Yeah. It just they, they, it seems like there was a lot more engineering that went into that game than I would have thought there was, given the dire state that I always heard Williams was in when they produced those games. Yeah, in terms of pinball. Yeah, towards the, yeah especially yeah. at that time period, I guess kind of towards the end. The screws in the game, instead of using just like your your typical like number six quarter inch drive screw, they're actually a little nicer, and they've got a Phillips head. There's a there's slots cut in them for Phillips, or you can also use a quarter inch driver. Yeah. But the other thing I've run into with this game is I've had to repair more holes on this game, this one game, than I've probably had to do combined on every other pinball I've ever worked on mm, because wow. it, it's almost as if a third of those screws come out and the, the thread is so coarse on them. And I want to say they're, they're like a number eight. They're mm. a good size screw. Yeah. And, and they just probably just wallow. Yeah. They, they just, just wallow themselves out. Right. Once they? they come out, they take every bit of that material with it and yeah. then they just free spin. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had to go through and do the toothpick trick on, I, I don't know how many holes. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. So I, yeah. I'm working my way through that right now. Yeah, I, I get that. And then next up is, uh, uh, I, I've talked about doing the Star Wars upright, but man, I really think it's going to be the Frogger. I think I'm going to go ahead and get that Frogger knocked out. Well, I, I would say this. I mean, the Frogger's probably going to be a, it, it's probably going to be a, a near bridge for you to cross. I, I'll put it that way. And, that's part of that's That's part of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a... It, it's a quicker hit of satisfaction. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. So I, is it still up in your building or have you brought it down? No, or? it's still out in the building. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. When, uh, when the episode one comes out and then I do a little rearranging down here, yeah, then I'll bring it in and I'll put it in the shop. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I just don't have a place to stick it down here right now. So, All right. So anyway, past that, uh, an update. I mentioned that IC tester. I meant to get it out so you could take a look at it. I looked at it on eBay. I was not familiar with this specific tester at all, but I I did take a look at it, and it looks like a good buy. I I was really happy with it. Cool. It's it's pretty small, portable. You know, you could put it in a little pouch and throw it in a toolkit. I'd throw it in something because there's no hard case around it. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have any protection at all. It, I mean, it does, as, as the Brits say, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, that's I, true. I, as soon as I got it, I put a battery in it, and I walked down here to my parts, and, okay, I know this one's bad, because I had it sitting over here in this pile, and I stick it in there, and sure enough, okay, I know these are good. Stick them in there, and in the testing I did, it ID'd everything I put in it just fine. Yeah. So I was yeah. really happy with it. Went ahead and put a link in the show notes. It's to an eBay auction. So depending on, you know, when in history you hear this show, <laughs> yeah. 
You know, you'll either get a, this item was relisted or this item was, you know, then you'll click that and you'll get a, this item was relisted. You know, there, yeah, it, there, there may be, be a, a breadcrumb trail. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's like of eight listings you have to click through, but you, you will eventually find it. The, I guess the thing to look out for is uh, Whitney, have you ever been on like uh, Banggood or uh, wish or any of those sites that basically like do, you know, direct ship like out of China. Yeah, Banggood, I have. Have you? Yes, yes. Well, when you look at the item description, it's Ali, like AliExpress. AliExpress. That's AliExpress another, is yeah, another one. That's another yeah. one I was trying to think of. Yeah. The description of the items are like forty-two words long. It's like every keyword they can think to put in there. You know, <laughs> without saying a single thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, what's the title of that? Uh, it's. Um, NES, uh, 162 and one quality, good two controller, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the description. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the title yeah, and, and, yeah. and the description. Yes. Well, this thing's kind of like that. It's new IC LED tester, opto coupler, LM399 dip chip meter model number detector. <laughs> so <laughs> you, I think you it, said a lot of words and you didn't say a single thing. No, I think that checks all the boxes yes. and gives you no information, but yeah, that's the title of it. Uh, so yeah, check it out. I, I was I was really happy with it for a thirty dollar purchase. You yeah, know? I, I may give that I may give that a look. I mean, it, it's interesting. There are times when eBay will uh, mail out like ten percent off coupons. Oh and stuff yes, like that. yeah. And that, that's when I'll pick something like that up because it's not like that's ever going to be out of stock. It, it's not like you won't ever be able to buy that. That's just to me. That's the type of item that's that's always available. You may have to hunt it, but it's always available. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, some stuff I've been doing for Christmas. I'm curious about this and what, what kind of, what kind of brought this up and how far you're going to take it. Well, so this is, uh, this is one of the little excursions that's tangentially related to what we talk about. And so we've covered console stuff a little bit before. So I was okay with throwing this in. Here. Oh yeah. And also, by the time that this this is heard by my niece, she will already have been given it. So yeah, it works out. And, and what I'm talking about here is is <laughs> what is it? What what I put in the show notes, Whitney? What's the title? Yeah, Dreamcasting for Christmas. And I picture Brent with his sitting teepee style with his little uh, with his little Indian dreamcatcher, <laughs> and he's got it uh, attached to the end of a Zebco 33 uh, children's fishing fishing rod and reel. And he's just sitting. I there know with what the that board, is. With what's that? I do know what that you is. You know what that I is. Yes, proud of you. And he's sitting there with this wanton yet blank and distant look on his face, and he's just continually casting it out. And then he reels it in as he drags that Dreamcatcher across the concrete, and because uh, <laughs> you know, he's you know he's sitting outside in the parking lot, and uh, you know after about the thirtieth or fortieth time, his Dreamcatcher looks more like, well, <laughs> I, I would say a handful of twist ties. Okay, but anyway, that that's what I thought of when I saw that title. Well, I let you really roll on with that because you inspired a show title. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> just put up there. <laughs> okay, okay, you keep going. I'm gonna look. Okay. So here's what the the dream. Yeah, yes. uh, I don't know how I'm gonna find a picture of a Zebco 33. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure they're out there everywhere. I'm sure I just never searched. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that I. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. So my my niece and my sister they attend uh, Louisville Arcade Expo. I mean, as far as I know, every every year. <laughs> Whitney's making the casting. <laughs> Pulling it in, buddy. <laughs> like I'm cat, like I'm casting for, like I'm fishing. Yeah. 
So they attend uh, Little Arcade Expo, and one of the things they really look forward to is a game that is there. Uh, as far as I know, it's been there every year because they talk about it every year, and that is Typing of the Dead. So, f- okay, for those not familiar with Typing of the Dead, no, it I is it is House of the Dead, which is you know your oh, like the gun game yeah. with the zombies coming at yeah. you. Yeah, but you have to type, right? So the zombies have words on them. Okay, and you have to type the words to kill the zombie. Oh, that's kind of cool. And you're graded. So okay. the faster you do it, the the higher the grade, A, B, C, okay? And there's even, I haven't played a lot of House of the Dead, but there's, I, I finally got to play it once I set all this up. There's even like an area in it where, I'm assuming this is in the arcade game, you go into a room and there's like these little worm critter things running around the ground, and they're just individual letters, so you got to get the letter real quick. Oh, cool. And there's like yeah, pickups. That's, that's kind of awesome. There's like pickups and power-ups that you would, I guess, normally shoot. And it's the same deal. There's just a letter. The farther you go in the game, the more complicated the words get. And then it even gets into phrases. Oh, okay. So this is something that they really enjoy. And I have kind of, if you will, threatened forever to get my Dreamcast down. I've okay. had a Dreamcast. I got it at a yard sale. Gosh, at this point. Well, the Dreamcast was in 2000, so it couldn't have been 20 years ago, but it was all of 10 or 12 years ago at this point. Yeah, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. I didn't have a keyboard, and, and I never think about it till a little arcade expo. Well, I, I don't know if longtime listeners, listeners of the show will remember last year, I dug out my original Game Boy. And I repaired it Christmas Eve as a last minute gift to my niece. And she flipped. Yeah, she loved it. She loved it. Yeah, I remember you saying that. So this year I pulled out my Dreamcast and started hunting down parts. And what I determined was is I also liked the Dreamcast. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I totally get that. So what I've ended up doing is I actually tracked down and they're they're not too hard to track down, but uh, I wanted to get some. I wanted to get a nice one, and I wanted to get uh, one. Just I wanted to get an early one. I mean, it's not as difficult as it sounds, but uh, I, I wanted to get one from somebody with good feedback, and wanted to get one that had a decent amount of accessories. What I ended up doing is, I fa- I bought another Dreamcast setup so that I could keep one, and she'll have one, and I tracked her down two two keyboards and i tracked down a copy of a u.s copy of typing the dead and i tracked down two vmus which are the memory cards with the little displays that snap into the the controllers and a couple additional memory cards and i've set it all up so it feels pretty good doesn't it yeah it does yeah yeah and and i I learned a bit along the way like you know i I had to order uh replacement batteries because they've got rechargeable battery uh coin cell like CR2032 size batteries, but they're rechargeable okay. and they're soldered in. Yeah. So I, you know, ordered replacement batteries and then in screwing around testing stuff, I blew the fusible resistor that protects the, the controller inputs. Okay. So I tracked down the right self resetting circuit breaker and basically bulletproof this thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Learned all this stuff and uh, Christmas amongst 
all the other stuff we will be doing. Uh, I'm sure we will be playing typing of the dead as yeah. well as, you know, uh, a star Wars pod racing game that I've gotten. And I've also got a copy of to keep it arcade related midway arcade classics two, which has got like gauntlet in it. Oh, it's cool. got, I think it was gauntlet. I think moon patrol. I, I can't yeah, remember the list, go. but there yeah. were there, there's like, I know it's maybe spy hunter, Gauntlet's the one I keyed in on because it was four player, and we mm-hmm. could all kind of sit around and play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure that'll be. I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun, man. I'll, I'll tell you, I get. And, and of course, I've kept a Dreamcast. Now, yeah. when I get the episode one stuff out, I'll go through and set mine up, and yeah. I'm going to set it up in the in the front room, in the living room, and then I can sit up there and play play Dreamcast games. That's exactly right. Enjoy. And you know what's what's cool about that is you and her will have the same console. And that gives you something to relate to each other over. And so if you hunt up games, you can share them with her and hopefully mm-hmm. she'll do the same, you know, back with you. So yeah, it's, it's a solid move. I, I'm telling the console stuff has, has been really good for Grace and I as well. So dude, I, I totally get it. And I probably console more than I let on that I do because, <laughs> because, because of, because of Grace. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, you know, I've looked at the gifts, the marquee gifts for my niece and my nephew this year. Mm-hmm. And what is basically going to end up happening is I'm going to have duplicated it all. Yeah. Because I duplicated the Dreamcast and I I got my nephew a pretty sweet hobby grade RC boat. Electric electric boat. Oh, okay. You know, back in the day, the the like when I originally did RC stuff, a half I've got a half brother. He did gas boats because just the the the, the juice wasn't there on the electric side. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, it's it's just, that time. I'm yeah, sure. the battery yeah. technology is today light years ahead of of where it was then. Obviously, yeah, you yeah. know, and I can only imagine where it'll be in another ten years. But now you can get a really nice boat at a very reasonably in a very reasonable price range and they happen their neighborhood actually happens to have a a really good size lake in it so Mm -hmm. he's got easy access to like walk out the door yeah and run it yeah yeah and i keep looking at it i'm like oh that would be fun i I was like oh man i if they if they made two colors of this particular boat you know because i'm not going to go buy a boat and and steal his thunder yeah oh that's exactly you know i'm not going to go buy the 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 king daddy hauler yeah and steal his thunder i'd never do that yeah but i just kept staring at it and i looked and i looked i was like oh man if they if they made two colors of this boat i'd be when i'm ordering the one now i'd be ordering two yeah i get that so yeah christmas (laughs) is gonna hurt uncle brent yeah well you know but in a good way It's all all good. So before we get off my Christmas topic, I've already said something earlier that I'm sure had a listener of the show keying up thinking that it's going to happen. It's going to happen now. Look to your left behind the Tron joystick. Oh, this envelope? Yeah, reach over and grab that envelope. Don't read the address, but who is my address or the sending address? (laughs) But who is that from? Oh, it, this is from friend of the show, Alberto. It yes. is. Yes, so, Mr. Alberto now, Luna. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to open that, but I've had so much stuff coming in recently, I zipped it open. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, but oh, go ahead. So I already had a, an eye as to what's in there. There should be a letter in there as well if you want to pull that letter out. Oh, this, uh, this well, is cool. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a hammerhead LED light. 
uh, it's it, from the Mighty Bright uh, brand is what that is. Have you ever seen one of those? No, before? I haven't. I have not. No, so I, there's a letter in there. I, I can see not, it waggling at me. I have not either. Have not. A, oh, good deal. Good deal. So let you, you want me to go ahead and read this? I, yeah. I don't recall anything being perverse in it. So <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not Al, from Alberto. Alberto solid. So no, it, it's all good. Um, and it says <clears throat> to Brent and Whitney. On episode seventy, no. On episode seventy-four, I was going to like do it very serious, you Walter gonna, Con- you, you know, Cronkite you style. Gonna, were you to go all NPR? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, no, that's not in the spirit of it. So, so he he goes on to say, he goes on episode seventy-four. You guys spoke about the greatness of flashlights, so I had to send you guys each one that I've been using this past year. Oh, that is so cool. My wife was in the car while I listened to the episode and kept saying, "Are they still talking about flashlights? Who can talk about flashlights for half an hour?" <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. Question mark. Let me answer that. Question mark. Question mark. Let me okay. answer that. We can. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So Alberto uh, and Alberto's wife, uh, that would be us. All right. So he goes on to say, some people just don't understand the importance of quality lighting and how great, when I say great, he underscores great <laughs> flashlights are. I know I could talk about flashlights for half an hour any time of the day. Well, Alberto, you have found your home, brother, because we did that and we still weren't even done. Brent just cut me off. You know, <laughs> I, I, I could have I could have gone on and on about the greatness of the Bronx. Hey, you didn't have your own. You still had mine. No, I, I was still I was still hyper hyper fixated on the one that wasn't even mine. And I, I could still go on about it. He says, this is a great flashlight. It will sit on its base, which is, that's huge if it won't topple over. It'll sit on its base and be clamped onto the sides of a pinball and arcade cabinet or anywhere else. It's been a great light this past year. It can be found all over the internet and eBay. Amazon has them for 18 bucks. Keep up the great work. Happy holidays. Alberto Luna Warner Robbins, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So Alberto, thank you so much, sir. So really, yeah, those, really uh, those two are not for you. One is for me, I would assume. Oh yeah, yeah. And the other would be for you, sir. Y- yes. Thank yeah, you I, so very much. Yeah, Alberto. I, I'm, I'm working on that assumption as well. Now, check me. Well, don't physically check my pockets when I leave, but it's <laughs> one of those things. Check my pockets. When you I can go. you can set it right down there to your left, and then when you set it down there to your left, there should be a. a, a USPS box down there, a white USPS box. Oh yes, in front of the Star Wars Episode One apron. Right? Yeah, go ahead Correct. and grab. Go ahead and grab that. Grab that one. Okay. Yeah. Should I should I just go ahead and vamp while you're trying to do this because you're all tied in? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've kind of logistically and physically I've boxed myself in. Well, and I've also kind of planned this so that at least for my entertainment, it would be the most awkward thing for you have to do is we go through this exercise of grabbing various things throughout the game room. <laughs> Uh, that box has got some heft to it, buddy. So what's it? Uh, there's a note scrawled on the side of it. Oh, this is from Alberto as well. Yes, it is. And the note says, <laughs> the note says, yummy for your tummy. <laughs> All now, right. I'm now, gonna... I figured you would be ready to go. I heard, here's the snap of it. I have not. Now, I caught this in time. Yep. And I did not open this. Oh, you did not? No, no. I have no idea what's in it. Okay, it I mean, so, it could so there's, be... There's no open reseal action no, going on? No, it could be a Subway like sandwich. It could be a taco. It could be chocolate. Gl- it, it could be, be a, a glitter fa- bomb. It could be a glitter bomb. Yeah. It could be a ferret named Stinky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
we do have a soft spot in our heart for ferrets. I will go ahead and say that. <laughs> so Whitney is gingerly opening the... Gosh, I hope there's not glitter bombing. Yeah, I really do. I, mean, I am going to be pretty careful about how I open this because I don't want to cut off the air supply to anything that might be needing it or anything <laughs> like that. Oh, 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 oh my God. So this is actually kind of fortunate. Whitney and I were originally supposed to record a couple of days ago and some some issues came up with scheduling. So um, this made it in with plenty of time to spare. So what's in there, Whitney? So this is, as Alberto calls these, um, the best pretzels on the planet. Merry Christmas, Alberto Luna. So these these are... Have you heard of these before? I, I have no. I, I don't know what they are. I, I have. I've even heard them advertised on radio. Okay. These, these things are like famous. The, this is Dot's home style pretzels, and they're pretzel braids, is what they are. Okay. All right. So I'm a pretzel fan. Y- yep. Yeah, yeah, huge pretzel fan. So uh, the pride of North Dakota is what this is. All right. So Dot's. Dot's home style, and you know we are radio. I, I don't want. I don't want the one so. that you just turned to crunchy little dust specks. Oh, no. fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, pretzel dust is just as good oh, as pretzel, yeah. so it's all good. But um, no, I've not heard of those. Oh, here's the thing: it's a two pound bag, Brent. So it's thirty two ounces. So we're gonna have to space this out over the course of the holidays, <laughs> because I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm gonna eat all two pounds. But I am saying that I'll eat all two pounds you, just over time. I, I do enjoy a good, a good pretzel. Me too, Not man. only soft, but like it's like a like a carnival style soft pretzel. Oh yeah, but yeah. you know I don't. Would you call that bagged like snack pretzels? Yeah, and yeah, I know that, he, that's that that's what that would be. But man, Alberto, that's awesome, sir. Thank you so much. I know here. I guess you would call it locally. We have a brand called Mike Sells. Yes. And, they, they do potato chips as well, and they do potato chips. Yeah. So I'm, uh, uh, I'm very. Thank you, Alberto. I'm very, very intrigued. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to trying that out. I'll even, I'll even use that to snap that bag open in two seconds flat. So they, Whitney, they I noticed here delicious. at the. Thank you, Alberto. And uh, so, so very much. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm like. Uh, maybe I should just pause this and go get some pretzels right now. <laughs> We're going to come back from the break and say, so like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretzel yeah. dust everywhere. Yeah. So, Whitney, I noticed the first line item in your updates is Christmas. So, in continuing the Christmas theme, yes. I ask you, sir, to gingerly swing around to your right. And now open up the Tempest. Oh, this is even better. Yes, there's there's magic about to occur oh. in the Tempest. Okay. Okay, so reach in there. <laughs> Oh, I wish you all could see this. There's there's something small and something that just sort of barely fits in there. So that's part of it. Have have I given you one of those before? No, 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 no. I this, thought I had. Okay, this good. This is awesome. This this is a uh, this is an Avengers, and it's one of the pocket pop keychains. And uh, of course, it is uh, my my favorite superhero of all time, Iron Man. Uh, with Spider-Man being being my number two, but Iron Man being my number one, it's a bobblehead keychain. This is pretty sweet. So if you notice on my Back to the Future, I've got a Marty McFly pop bobblehead. Oh, on, you do on the yeah. keychain. Yeah, yes, yes. So I'm going to put this on my Iron Man pinball. Is what I'm going to do. That will be awesome. Now you say there's more. Yeah, there's the one. But it's, it's all the way in the back, so you may actually have to. I can see it from here. Now, it's not going to. It's not going to be a ferret that eats my hand or no, anything no, like that, no, no, it? no, right. no. That was a mongoose. There's a mongoose in there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, all right. 
he's going to actually pop his shoulder oh, out. I, okay. Yeah, you know, the years have not been kind. Or to he's going to push, or this was poor planning on my part because he may have actually pushed it into the game board and broken <laughs> my tempest. We don't, we don't want to do that. <laughs> All right. Seal her up. Is it going to? If if it doesn't close, I'll get it. I'll figure it out. No, no, it's all good. We we just we just want to make sure that, that we're keeping yeah that we're keeping good radio going on. Here. Oh yeah, yeah. As we close, this yeah. is Wait, Brent and Whitney are still closing the coin door on Tempest. It's been yeah. thirty minutes. Yes, actually, we actually we are. So let me do. There, <laughs> there we, we go. go. Now we've got it. Whitney's got a box. It's, the, it's actually wrapped with Christmas gift. Christmas gift wrap. It is, and I, I will say this: and I, I gave I, I gave Brent uh, his present last month because I didn't really know what our schedule was going to be, mm-hmm. and um, and unfortunately, it's still in the exact same place it was when you I, handed it to I me. I mean, I, to- I totally get that. I totally get. I that. haven't had an opportunity to to put it with the rest of the uh, the accoutrement. Yeah, yeah, that it would but it, match it was, up with. It's, it's funny because it came in and. It was Thanksgiving, you know, it was, we were recorded before Thanksgiving, so I, I wasn't like in the Christmas mindset. So, I, you know, he brought it in and gave it to him in a box, and he kind of looked at me, and I'm going, it's no, you handed, present, dude. you handed it to me wrapped in bubble wrap. In bubble wrap, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, it's like, what is this, a football? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or is, is it like a loaf of banana bread? Or I mean, what, <laughs> what is, is this? this? I'm like, no, it's Christmas present. And it's like, like, oh. It's like, it doesn't look like Christmas. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, it, well, yeah, touche, young man, touche. But <laughs> nonetheless, that's that is what it is. Yeah. All right. We, well, while are you? Oh, I was going to describe what you gave me, but go ahead. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, let's see. This is that. That well, that it's got my address on it. Oh, so let's not read oh, that. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not gonna read that. Yeah, th- <laughs> thank you. I I just had to. My eyes had to focus for a second to say, okay, do I need to read this or not? But no, no. Okay, we are all good. All right. So we are. Now, using, don't cut yourself. Yeah, No, no, no. I, I, I'm good. I'm good. It's, I did pre-open that. That's why it was pretty easy to open. Oh, yeah, excellent. Because yeah, it was sealed up now, de- you know, dead solid. You know, the thing about box cutters is, uh, you know, once, they, once they've had your blood one time, they're yours forever. Yep, so yep. it's good, you know. Whitney's digging in. Ooh. Postal mailer. Oh, boy. All right. So let's see what we got here. I am opening this up, and this... Ooh... Dude, oh, that is that is nice. That it, it it's it's like it's like a logo coaster. Yes, man. it is. That is really cool. Glazed thing, on. It's a it's a, a piece of tile with yes, our logo on it. Yes, in in glaze. It, it looks like it's been. It's very artistically styled, is mm-hmm. what it is. Oh yeah, and it's it's great. Yeah, I really. I, they sent me a uh, a picture. Wow. And uh, now I hadn't opened them all, so I'm sure they're all slightly different because uh, uh, of just you know the, the the human element in it. You know. Yeah, yeah. The, so they make the, so these are made by hand. Yes, they are. Oh wow. Yeah. That that is that is. <laughs> it's breaking his. You know, and I actually I meant to grab the card out of there. So I recently was at a show where I come across a booth, and yeah. So we'll actually have to give them a plug here, and we'll put a link to them in our show notes. So when you're done, actually read their name off. I I I will. I will. This this company this this couple. I I say this couple because in in working with them, it was. 
That is impressive. You're gonna have to take a picture of it and post it. I, oh, I most certainly will. I don't. I don't know how how to really describe it. Describe this set and do it justice. But yeah, it, originally, it, I guess the 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 base material is like a a, a piece of tile. Yeah, cer- ceramic tile. Ceramic tile. There yeah. you go. Thank you. That has had feet put on it to make it a coaster. But before that was hap- that happened, our logo was emblazoned across it with. Um, an orange, a hand-painted orange background. Yeah. And it, it, it's not it's not a consistent color. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It get, It's very attractive in how the color, the orange shifts. Yeah, yeah. It, it almost looks like, I, I, I want, almost want to say it looks like it's been like digital transfer. It, it, the logo has been digitally transferred over. Yeah, because like, the logo is pretty, sh- is sharp. The, the logo in terms is of, sharp. Yes. And so you, so it looks like it came from, you know, some of our vector files and everything because it doesn't look pixelated at all, but it still has a bit of a, it still has just a bit of a variation to it. And it almost looks like it's been superimposed over like a, like a lava rock pattern or something it's, it's like that. Ho- I have no idea how they do that. I, know, I have no idea how they I, do I that. I know that there's a hand aspect in, in the paintwork. So that's why you get that very interesting, cool, kind of variegated ver- variegated look. Yeah. And then, of course, it's got our logo on it. And, then of course, that whole thing is cleared and glazed and cleared or however it is to, to seal it in there. And it is... It's just really kind of neat. That, so, is, that is really cool, Brent. Thank you very much. That is that's that's awesome. Yeah, they're 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 all orange, but they're all different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is that is sweet, dude. Thank you very much. I You're so very that. welcome, sir. Yeah. I, I hoped you'd enjoy that. Oh yes, yes, yes. So that, I grab that, that card and, and give them a shout out, and we'll put a link to their their site in our in our show notes. Yeah. So this this is neat. So this is. Um, Definitely a hand handmade creation by a company called Southern Celebrations, and um, their website is www.southern-celebrations.com, and they're out of Bishopville, South Carolina. And uh, looks like they've got a Facebook page, and they're on Instagram and Pinterest as well. But I will dig all of that up and make sure that it gets in the show cool. notes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll even post a picture of this. I'll post a picture of Alberto's uh, light and uh, our pretzels that I'm gonna. You better get that picture of those pretzels before I get into them. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, you got to check out the the Southern. I kept wanting to say Southern Creations, which is wrong. Southern Celebrations. Southern Celebrations. Yes. They uh, the. What, what the thing that keyed me into him was they had a coaster set with, that was the Pac Man, Pac Man and Three Ghosts. Yeah, and they they also had uh, like uh, key ring hangers, like would be great for a game room. So you could customize the tile. So you know, in that case, they would use a longer rectangular shaped piece of ceramic tile. So you could they could cut they could put anything you want on it, and then make like your key ring hanger. And I thought, man, that would be really cool to have. And just okay, here's all my all my pinball keys, and here's all my game keys, and here's this. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, that so, would be neat. Just to have them different yet standardized. They were really really easy to work with. So yeah, I can't recommend them highly enough. This yeah. Is, Check, I'd check their site out, and I mean, I I was a customer, and I can't see why I wouldn't be another. So. Yeah, I know that's that's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, that's that's definitely some quality. <laughs> it's definitely some quality work. I'll say that. All right, Whitney, I'm out of surprises, buddy. All right, dude. Well, I, I'll tell you what. 
from from an update perspective, Brent. Um, oh, oh, t- my my uh, the gift that you gave me. Yes. What's the history? So it is oh, a yeah custom made. I guess it was done in a short run Vectrex controller. Yeah, it's called the Rad Pad. Is what that is. That's a it's a Vectrex controller made by a gentleman uh, named Oliver Radford, uh, and he's a British gentleman from over in the UK. And he he hand makes those uh, Vectrex controllers, and I uh, I dare say, uh, or is as uh, my buddy uh, Vic and Sean would say, I say I dare say that they're probably some of the probably some of if not one of the best Vectrex you know aftermarket Vectrex controllers out there. Uh, I, mean, I bet. It's, it's now, awesome. don't forget, Vic made a Vectrex controller. I never did. Uh, well, you know something? I remember that yeah, now. Yeah, because I've got... That's, that's right. I've yeah. got one but of he, his controllers. Yeah, but he did that in, he did that in a li- pretty limited That was run. a really short run. It was yeah. a short run. Well, I'll say, I'll say, yeah, I remember his controller now, because I'll say his controller and that controller are probably the best two that, that the Vectrex has ever seen. Let, let's, let, let, let me park it like that, because I think that's the accurate way to say that, it. The controller, the, the rad pad here, think about if you've ever seen... The uh, the more rectangular, larger, I guess, NES controller was it NES? Wasn't there like a an a Nintendo branded or was it a third party? Yeah, it's, it's the NES Advantage. Okay, it, yeah, it's it, just like a little bit bigger controller. It's kind of like a pad, I guess. Yeah, and it, it, it's kind of got maybe that form factor. But of course, there's more that goes into a Vectrex controller because you've got analog controls. It's you've got analog joystick, and and it's not just a digital up, down, left, right. You've actually got potentiometers in there. So I, I don't want to downplay it. I'm just trying to give everybody an idea of the form factor. Yeah. And then Vix was a little bit more reminiscent of the original in that it was more rectangular shaped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And his had a you know a nice uh, aluminum body, whereas this is not uh, a nice plastic injected body and nice yeah. sturdy body yeah vix was you know milled aluminum milled, and yes. plates or, or was the 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 top plate was definitely aluminum i can't remember about the body i have to go in there and grab it i thought the body so, was was milled aluminum i think well. it was i think it was so it was yeah. a, it, I, I would i would venture to say i mean i'm safe in saying I, that vix was his, his was a little bit more labor intensive so i'm yeah. sure it was that that's why it was much more smaller run yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah but still I, both I, very good quality very good quality yeah. and yeah and i will say i think those two i think the rad pad and then and vix are probably the two best controllers that the vectrex has ever seen I, I would i would dare say better uh actually far better than the ones that came with the vectrex <laughs> no doubt but uh, but yeah, Brent. I, I mean, as far as as far as updates go for me this month, um, I mean, Christmas is is upon us. It's definitely one of my favorite times of year. I mean, we host so many times over at our house. We we have a we're so fortunate. We've got a good run of people that that uh, you know, family and friends that that make it through our house over the course of the holidays, and so we'll wind up hosting probably four or five separate times so Jeez. yeah yeah so the game the game room uh be up and going for everybody and that that'll be nice but um but yeah i mean it, it's going to be a busy you know i mean we're recording this you know essentially in the middle of the month or approximately in the middle of the month and so still have you know a week or so to go but uh, I mean, Christmas is here, dude, and so um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a good break. We always look forward to it, and like I said earlier, I mean, it's it's really good family time for us because 
we go see a lot of movies. We play a lot of games. We we have you know we we all have fun, and it's it's nice because. Uh, you know, both Jackie and I take off time uh, from work over the Christmas holiday in between Christmas and New Year's. And it's always just a fun time for us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, but you know, in in, I guess, anticipation of that, I did have the opportunity this month to head out uh, or I guess to head over to Chicago and uh, met up with uh, some friends from the U.K., and I, I was uh, I was definitely very uh, definitely very fortunate to to be able to go. I mean, Brent, wish you wish you could have been able to make it. Uh, certainly there in spirit. And I'll say up front that uh, one of the guys that we were missing, uh, my 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 good my good buddy, my brother uh, Alex Crowley, he wasn't able to make it, and I so wish that he could have. But uh, but Brent, you and Alex were there in spirit, uh, even if you couldn't go. And uh, you, you guys did miss a good time, though. It, it, it was fun. But well, thank you for rubbing it in, Whitney. Thank no, no, no worries. Start, it started off awful sweet and, and the like, and then there was that little passive aggressive rubbing it in. Yeah. Thanks, Whitney. Appreciate well, that. Well, I'll just I'll park it there because <laughs> because I really wish you could. I really I, wish yeah. the both of you guys could have made it. But um, but but you know, despite that, um, was able to meet up with uh, Vic Marlin and Sean Holly from the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Uh, their friend who I who I'd not really I'd met at the Skyskipper reveal over in the UK, but hadn't really got to spend a whole lot of time with him. But David Hamilton, and uh, he goes by Tronads on the uh, on on the UK VAC forum, and then uh, two gentlemen, uh, Sean Courtney and Jim Goble, uh, met up with those guys on Saturday while we were there because we spent pretty much a weekend there in Chicago. And they're from the Pie Factory podcast, and so uh, all of us uh, over the course of a, a couple of days got to do what we kind of considered a Chicago gaming tour, Chicago arcade tour. So we went to uh, went to several arcades, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of say I'll kind of do this in chronological order for the visit. Uh, we started out on Thursday night. We were we were able to get to uh, to Logan uh, to Logan's arcade. And I mean, Brent, that place never, never disappoints uh, in, in true fashion. Uh, it didn't disappoint this time either. Did not get to see Jim Zespi. Um, he, his schedule and, and ours just didn't align, unfortunately. But uh, despite that, uh, we did get to play some, some great games. I mean, Jim's place is, I mean, it's decorated and, and just done to the hilt. And it looks as good as it, all, as it ever has. So, I mean, if you've not been to Logan's, I mean, the place is just absolutely beautiful it's gorgeous um from a decor perspective in the way that it's laid out a uh, lot a lot of brick you know exposed uh exposed copper and and copper ceilings and stuff like that it's just it's awesome the the, uh, the yeah. uh, decor is it, like you said it's awesome there's yeah. it, it's kind of interesting a lot of places strive for that and uh, antique kind of throwback kind of original yeah. you know this is what look but i mean they nail it but, yeah it's but, not it, manufactured it, no it's not manufactured at all it, it's like instead of instead of covering up what the building was made of he featured what the building was made of and it and it it, it just works um so a couple of interesting points they had just unboxed a beatles and this is the diamond edition and uh, Beatles pinball, and they'd put it on the floor. And when I say they just unboxed, I mean literally hours before we got there, they had unboxed the Beatles and uh, and put the balls in it and put it on the floor for everybody to play. 
Um, I, I did get to play several games on it. Uh, a couple things I, of note, I did like the flow of the game. I, I thought it was very approachable. The skill shot was not, uh, was not challenging at all. In fact, the skill shot was, I think, designed to be uh, obtainable on, on, almost every, on almost every run at it if you wanted to go for it. Uh, the orbit shot on it's very satisfying. Uh, one thing, uh, one thing that I did really walk away from appreciating on the game was just the overall production quality, the the video, the scoring system, um, just it, the the fit and finish on it was extremely high. So from a polished perspective, it really had a lot of polish going on. So I, I was actually very, very impressed by that. Um, it just feels like it'd be a great party game, Brent. I, I, I mean, I don't think that it has. I mean, it's priced out of being a party game. What's that now? I think it's priced out of being a party game. Yeah. Well, it, it, if it pl- is, it is. But I think it would be a great party game okay. for, three, for three or four people to play. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know that it would have the depth and the complexity of of rule and bring me back for just that one more game kind of aspect. But if you had a group of people, I think it shines. I really think it shines because it because it's play style and the play field and just the like I say the fit and finish and and the you know the the scoring and the the video we couldn't really hear much of it but uh, but everything that it had going on I could see it being a, a I'll just kind of put air quotes around this a crowd pleaser well just just yeah. looking at the play field granted I've not played it I could see where it would be. Uh, like a good ge- a party game fits it. We're, yeah, the, oh, we're, definitely. Where it'd be a great game if you had three or four guys uh, or girls hanging around and hey, we're just hanging out. We're going to play some games, kind of a casual, mildly competitive. You know, not super deep. Good opportunity to introduce someone to pinball type yeah. of. You know, it'd be that, good. It'd be good there. Yeah, be yeah. Really I there. just. I, I'm just I'm personally I'm having a hard time getting past the pricing of these of these games. Uh, it's it's stout. There, you know, I mean, there's there's just there's no getting around it. I know but. Charlie and Spooky has ta- has said for years they've made comments about the ramp factor, uh-huh. and that you know people think uh, a ramp will add a thousand dollars to a game or something like. But there's something to be said for a little bit more. Sh- interesting play fields a little yeah. some more interesting shots a little th- where, where things are in 2018 not to say that you know we're fans of all that was old yeah no, not I to understand. say that you can't revive these games n- not by a long shot but you know then again i can't fault stern if they can produce these games and they're going to do them in low number there's spin up costs to that and they've got to make money yeah. and, and at the end of the day if they've got buyers at the price they're offering okay exactly I, i'm not that buyer yeah well and, and i don't know that if i were to take if i were to you know lay down my six or seven thousand dollars. I don't know that that would be the title that I would say. Right, I want my yeah. six or seven thousand dollars to go to. If I had one seven thousand envelope with a seven thousand dollars in in cat U.S. in cash in it, yeah, that would go right off the list because just to me, just I think I just looking at it, I don't think I would enjoy it enough to get my seven thousand dollars out of it over the long haul yeah over yeah, the long haul yeah especially in like a home collection or something like that i totally get it um crowd perspective though i i i think it's i think it's definitely got something to offer from you know from from that perspective so it was uh, it was neat to to play it a lot of people um were definitely interested into it i mean there was a line 
And I, I, I know that there's always that new game factor. I get that. But it did seem like a lot of people were, were really enjoying it. Um, just kind of walking around, Logan's, I mean, it's one of those scenarios where uh, if you want to see pretty much all all of the uh, most uh, most recent or slash new or current Sterns that are available, uh, they're, they're going to be there at Logan's and, and be there available to play. I mean, Brent, the, the only thing that, that I saw was, uh, and it was it was out of the entire place, the only thing that I saw that was down was WWE. So <laughs> it was, it was just, it, it looked kind of lonely sitting over there Aww. in the corner, just turned off, you know, poor little guy. Yeah, exactly. That happens. Especially when you look at the, the volume of games they have. Yeah. I, I'm, let's just be honest. It's shocking that there wasn't a couple down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. It, it just, just, it just happens. Yeah, it does. It, it happens. I just thought it was kind of, I just thought it was kind of weird cosmic that it was WWE though, because I mean, that, that game, that poor game just doesn't, doesn't seem to get a whole lot of love, uh, over, over the, uh, I guess the, the larger group, but, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, that was the only one that I saw that was down and Brent, they did not have a Mustang. So I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry you know, to say that now, they, I, they had one in 14 when we were there. They did. Yes. I don't remember if it was a pro or premium. Yeah. And I know Jim has a, a good library of games. I'm sure he rotates to keep. The, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he does. So, I'm you know, sure if Jim's got a, if Jim's got a pre a boss premium that, may not ever make it back to the floor. All I can say is call me, bro. <laughs> there's, there's a discussion to be yeah, had. Huh? Maybe we can work something out. I understand that. Um, he did have a total nuclear uh, annihilation. He did have a TNA. I was, I was actually really surprised to see that. So that, that was cool. It was out uh, amidst all the sterns. So out there representing. And what, what was interesting from just a, I guess, a, uh, a perspective, you know, kind of a perspective on the floor was it did look like the ratio of pins to vids had gone up quite a bit. So there was, there was definitely a lot more pins there than there were vids from the last time that I remember being there. So, so it, it looked like the number of vids had dropped. When, when I was there with you in f- 14, mm-hmm. 2014, yes. Yes. and actually we were there a couple times yeah. that year. Yeah. The front room was kind of a mix. Yeah. The middle room was all video. Yeah. See, and that's changed. Okay. And the yeah. back room was all pin. Was all pin. Yeah. Now, the, the way that they've got it set up now is the back room's still all pin with a couple of um, large scale redemption games. Like I think Jurassic Park was there and a, and a couple other things, just kind of like something to put in a corner. Um, you mean like the you say redemption games? You or do you talk about the large larger like, like sit-in the, shooters? Yeah, yeah, like the raw thrills. Type, okay, type okay. Of games that yeah. you usually see. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That you usually see. You know, they could put a ticket dispenser on it too. Que- as well. Queued up as a redemption game. Okay. At a, you know, at a family entertainment center or something like that, and then in the middle room. Um, walking into it, there the, the entire right wall was pins, uh, and the left side of the room was all vids with a couple of pins scattered throughout. And then the front room, when you come in, it was all pins on the right hand side, and then a much smaller number of vids on the left hand side. So it looked like some of the vids had given way to make table space and stuff like that. Did they still have the killer queen? Uh, yes, still had the killer queen. Gotcha, going strong, going strong. So, so yeah, so Logan's was what was a great visit. Uh, next on the list, and Brent, I'll, I'll tell you, this was 
this this makes the third physical time that I've walked into the building. Second time that I've visited um, visited Galloping Ghost from a trip perspective. Uh, and I will say this: uh, got to spend some time with Doc Mack on this trip. On this trip, and Doc was—he's uh, j- just beyond fantastic. He was so accommodating. Uh, so just, he's the total opposite of me. Uh, total opposite. Okay. Of you. Okay. Yes, good. Exactly. Good, good, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So solid ying, guy then. Solid yeah, guy. Yin and yang, and he—he he was a great host. He spent hours with us, uh, just kind of showing us kind of what goes on behind the scenes at at all of Galloping Ghost. And that would be, you know, his galloping ghost reproductions, the gallop, the uh, the forthcoming galloping ghost pinball, which was uh, kind of like a, a, a dedicated pinball space that he's opening up. Um, got to go through and look at a lot of his on-premise storage and just games that he had, uh, just kind of on cold storage games that were waiting to be worked on. And I mean, it is it is literally a. I mean, it it is like a production there, and I'm I'm not saying that in any lighthearted way. I mean, he's got guys that are working the floors. He's got guys that are working in the back. I mean, he's got guys that are working on coding new games and building artwork and creating artwork. And I mean, it's just it, he has got his hands in a lot of different things, and they all feel like they're moving at a pretty good clip. So I, I was I was just really really impressed with Doc and and what what he had going on. So um, hats off to that. And he um, pretty much gave us a free run of the place the both times that we were there. So I I did. That seems like a huge mistake. It, well, you know, I, huge. I tell you what, he, he pretty much stamped her hand and let us go, and <laughs> I appreciated that because we did get to play a ton and ton of games. And, and Britt, there's so many that are there. And I believe the number that I heard quoted uh, or said several times is on the floor uh, at the weekend that we were there, which is just two weeks ago, 692 was the official Jeez. count of games that are available to play at Galloping Ghost. And, um, it, and like I say, we that went twice. That is twi- insane. It's insane. We went twice. Didn't even didn't even really even scratch the surface to be quite honest with you. So I, I played a lot of I played a lot of my favorite my you know my my stand ins and everything like that. But I wanted to make note of a few games that I played that I thought were comp- that were very interesting that I never even knew existed. But I had a really good time playing them. Uh, the first one was a game called Hopping Mappy. And have you ever heard of this game? So oddly enough, I have. You have, but. I never even knew it existed. Only within the past 48 hours. Really? Okay. And, and the reason, have you ever listened to the Retroist podcast? Oh, yes. Yes. So I have. I, I absolutely, I love the show, actually. So, well, now so do I. I've become a fan. I, yes. I have listened to Vic Sage's, is it Diary of an Arcade? Diary of an Arcade Employee. Okay. Di- I was yes. going to grab my phone and look. Yeah. That's, and, and no, that's he, what it is. He always talks about the Retroist. So I finally had gotten caught up on the podcast I'd talked about getting hooked on here recently that being uh, star trek next conversation and then the retro disney world podcast yeah, so now yeah. i'm just i'm i'm in new episode mode and i and i i, I may have said this on the show I, i'm not listening to i still listen to retro gaming roundup there once a month yeah but i'm really i'm kind of a little burned out on the on the please don't do this to us please don't do this to us the gaming podcast yeah i, I get it and, I, I get it and maybe it's because the freak 
frequency uh-huh. at the, at this point because uh, uh, I was listening to so many, yeah. and most of them had weekly releases. I know, and I can't keep up. Yeah, it was I mean, getting kind of difficult. It, it, I just can't keep up. So unfortunately, I I went to the opposite end of the spectrum and I purged. Yeah. Anyway, as part of that, I I've now have some some listening time, and I p- started picking up the retroist. And he was one of the episodes I've recently listened to. He was actually, I believe, he had a spot with Vic Sage uh-huh. talking about a person that was a game designer who worked on Mappy, and then he went on later to work on this. Okay, and, and I had flushed it from my mind when I heard it. I was actually out walking the dog. And I thought I've got to look that up. I had never heard of that yeah it, and i'd forgotten about it till just now when i saw your note yeah no no no, no i i I'm, I'm i get that i mean it was one of those things that i'm it's like a totally different dynamic oh it's, it's completely it's it's so completely different from mappy yet it does it, it does feature mappy as the main character mm-hmm. as the protagonist and some of the cats is the antagonist but the interesting thing is, is this this is the sequel to Mappy that I never that I never even knew existed until I walked through Galloping Ghost, and you know, Brent, I, it's one of those scenarios where after I did some research on the game, I found out that this was th- this game was released in the 1985-1986 era, mm-hmm. so it was essentially timed. Now, of course, development on it was was much was probably in you know the 1983 1984 time frame or 84 and 85 time frame, um, but nonetheless, this game was just ill timed. Yeah, you're in the dead zone. There. Yeah, yeah. You're after the it, crash, it, it was developed before the crash, but it was released at or slightly after the crash. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: I sat and I played the game for probably a good 45 minutes. Oh wow! I, I just I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I love the dynamic. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, well, it just just looking at the one screen cap you've got in the show notes, it looks like at least this particular board, in, instead of kind of being in the confines of the building that yeah. Mappy's working in, yeah, it, it looks like he's in a yard. He is. He's I see in, trees and a fence. He, he's and, in a yard and he's on a pogo stick. And, oh, and oh, so, oh my gosh! I got to play this game. I mean, yeah, and so and so he's hopping around collecting stuff. And I mean, who does who who doesn't enjoy a good romp around the yard on a pogo stick? I, I'm telling you, and it just took me right back to my youth. And <laughs> I, I never I never was on a pogo stick, and I never took a romp through the yard. But it took me right back to my youth. But nonetheless, it, it was it, it was a very fun game, and I really enjoyed the mechanics of it, and um and just going back and then looking it up and reading on what history of it. I I could find so yeah hopping mappy is what it's called so so t- take a look at it it's a uh, mappy on a pogo stick and he's uh he's taking out the baddies as he hops around the yard it's uh it's it's pretty interesting the next one was a game uh it's a sega game but it was uh, i think it was licensed and released under bally midway and it's called up and down have you ever played that one brent i don't know it by name but the the screen cap looks very familiar. I was about to Google it and see if there was a port. Yeah, well, to here, something else. Here's the thing: I, I thought it was going to be up like, and down Commodore sixty four. Oh, I bet cool. that's it. Let I me bet, see. I bet it is. No, it, it. it at least the, it might be the same concept, but the graphics are a bit different. Quite a bit different. Yeah. Well, this this is um, this is kind of 
this is kind of like a cross between Moon Patrol and Zaxxon and Bump and Jump. And let me explain that. Because it looks like the the cars and the vehicles from Bump and Jump, if, if you were to look at mm-hmm. them in like a... Um, kind of like a a stair step and kind of like a a 30 degree angle off center view because you you get them in like that, that third profile of, of the vehicles as as they ride around. It has the, it it has the, the scrolling, the kind of like the parallax scrolling effect that you got in moon patrol. Yet it has the same up and down and 3d mechanics as Zaxxon or Congo bongo or Congo bongo because you're actually, now I'm watching the Commodore sixty. I've pl- I, I played this on Commodore sixty four. Did you? Okay. And, and I'm watching the Commodore sixty four. And you're as you traverse up, you're doing it at at angles. At angles, kind of like yes. kind of like how Congo Bongo was supposed to be like compared to Donkey Kong, but with a slight turn to with it. With a turn to it, where yeah. you kind of like climb the board rather than climb the ladder. Did, did the game have a joystick? Yes. like forty five degrees off, like a no. uh, like a uh, Cubert. No, 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 no. It did. It did not. It did not. It. it I think it had an eight way joystick, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, but uh, but nonetheless, and it had like a a speed or a jump button, but. No, but nonetheless, it was an interesting game. Um, it was a bit tough for me to to do well in the game, and I think that's just because of. I'll just go ahead and say it. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. <sighs> Age and reflexes. But uh, anyway, I never said that. Okay, I just needed Brent. I just didn't have enough time to play the game. Yeah, well, you, you, know? you just needed you just needed to learn it. I just needed to learn. I'm gonna it. watch an arcade video now. Yeah, but it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it, and it was pretty fast paced. And I, it was one of those games that it's like, man, if I if I spent some time with this, I, I think I would I would really really dig it. And then the other one was a game that I had absolutely zero idea until uh, Mike Vinnickauer, who, um, if you if you heard last month's show, you heard Mike sit in on, on the panel from the Grand Ole Game Room Expo. Mike uh, works at Stern, but uh, Mike has, has had years and years, uh, decades actually, in the video game and uh, coin-op business, and he was... Um, he was working some quality control uh, back in, back during that time, and he had played, as I understand it, this game called Argus. It was an unreleased Gottlieb game, and Mike introduced it to me and it, while we were at, at Galloping Ghost, and I did get to play it because, as I understand it, uh, that's the only one that exists on the face of planet Earth. And it runs on original hardware. They reverse engineered, uh, I think, crawl hardware in order to play it. I, I hope I'm not butchering that, but I, I believe that's what Mike told me. And it, it's it's an interesting game, and I don't have a screenshot of it here, and I, I needed to fire up MAME, and I just didn't have time to do it. It is playable in MAME, so go look it up. It's called Argus, A-R-G-U-S. Um, the best way that I can describe it is it's a lot like Defender, but instead of a ship, you're a superhero and you fly around the sky and you're defending the city, the, the inhabitants or the residents of a city from an alien invasion. So it's, it's, it's neat. And we'll have a link to, um, to some of the backstory on it. That was, uh, that was on Galloping Ghost's, uh, Facebook page as well. But yeah, but Argus looks like he has quite a few unique things as I would expect. Oh, because Doc's got tons. I was looking at the page and there's a whole, there's this long, right, which is fine because it's all the history on a game called Arena. Arena. That's another Gottlieb game. Yes. Yeah. So that they, uh, essentially resurrected from, from the from essentially 
the the trash pile. And I think Arena used to be called Wiz War or something like that. Uh, that that is, seems familiar just in what I picked up scanning this. I mean, this yeah, is something. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. But anyway, I mean, Galloping Ghost is. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say, Brent, to this hobby, Galloping Ghost is a national treasure, and I, I need to go back and spend more time there because there's just so many more games to play. Uh, played a lot of Mad Planets. Uh, you know, played a lot of. Nintendo games, played a lot of Tron, played a lot of, oh, played a lot of Swimmer, Brent. And that's a game that I very, uh, very Swimmer. rarely ever get to play from, uh, from Centuri. And so. Was, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah right, so right. was, was there an Activision Atari game called Swimmer? Uh, there was an Atari, uh, there was an Activision game called Frostbite, but nothing called Swimmer that okay, I remember. All right. I don't ever think it got a port to the 2600 that I, that I, that I remember, but, um, but nonetheless, it kind of moving on, uh, we also went to the Underground Retrocade. That was about 45 minutes uh, ride from the Galloping Ghost, and that's in uh, West Dundee, Illinois. And Brent, I will say this, just hands down, the Underground Retrocade is probably the cleanest, most well-thought-out layout of any arcade I've ever been to. They've got about uh, 120 or so games on the floor, and if you can imagine, this is again theater of the mind. If you can imagine walking in, and on the left and the right of the room of the of the building or of the you know of the area of the space that you walk into, the the the, the games are lined up on the left and right side, and they're set at about a forty five degree angle off the wall. So they're they're kind of opposing in an opposing pattern. Uh, stacked against each other with enough space to where you can see the artwork of every single game and and they're 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 offset and each game is pulled out just a little bit more off the wall than the other so it actually kind of creates this 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 almost kind of like I, I don't know it, it's almost like, like a forced perspective type it, thing? it's it's like a forced perspective row that's at an angle okay it, it's, it's really kind of hard to explain I, I I wish I'd gotten a picture of it in the daylight. Uh, it was dark, and of course, it was all lit up, and the place was beautiful. But to really describe it, I'd need a picture of it in, in the daylight. But with that being said, in the middle of the space, he he also created these. Um, the owner also created these little islands of four and five games. Uh, kind of in between the left and the right side of the space, and so you you could walk up the left side, play games, uh, you know, rows a row of games on the left, and of course the island on your right, and then you walk back down on the right hand side of the room, and then there's again the row of games on your left hand side, and then the row on on your or the islands on your right, and it was I mean the layout was just it was just the best layout I've ever seen, so it was great, it flowed, it gave you plenty of room to walk around. And uh, you never felt like the games were crowded or, or, you know, just kind of slammed in there or anything like that. And don't get me wrong. I, I get where Doc, Doc is going with his layout. He's got rows and rows and rows and rows of games. He's got almost 700 in there and hundreds more, I think, that could go in there. Um, the Underground Retrocade felt like a more of a curated collection, if that makes any sense. Um I did play a lot of uh, Gap Plus, a lot of Burger Time, Bump and Jump, Robotron, Popeye, Mario Brothers, Mr. Do, Moon Patrol. It goes on and on and on. Uh, the great thing about it is all the games worked, and they, Brent, they were clean. And I, I, 
emphasize clean with capital letters in the show notes because let me tell you what, buddy, that's what they were. They were <laughs> clean. Okay. I, I noticed just a few with improper controls, but quite honestly, I'm just picking at details when, when I, when I say that, and it's hard to have everything perfect, but the underground retrocade actually got really, really close. Um, I, I had to fly out, um, and I, there was one other arcade called the Pixel Blast Arcade that I did not get to visit uh, because it, uh, getting there uh, conflicted with uh, with me making my flight home. But Victor did send me pics, and the place looked fantastic as well. Uh, so we'll have a link uh, to their Facebook page in the show notes. And then I did get to visit a retro shop. A place was called uh, the place was called Video Games Then and Now. And it was a very, very nice game shop. They had a lot of consoles. Um, I'm actually scrolling their Facebook page now, and I happen to key in that they've got <laughs> they've been putting up a lot of Dreamcast stuff. There you go. Yep. There you go. And they had they had tons of console and games available. Very nice layout. Everything was grouped per system. I did, Brent. I was so happy. I found a couple of box 2600 titles that I didn't have. Um, slot machine and miniature golf, and they were in, in great, great shape. So I got those. I, I did pick up a Game Boy Color uh, that was in the box. Um, and Brent, I thought the prices were extremely fair. Extremely okay, fair. So uh, I would definitely cool. visit there again. Now, the one thing I will notice just sitting here looking at their Facebook page, yeah, th- they don't put up the prices that they're offering games at. No, no, no. no I noticed no. that. No, no. Or, they, or consoles because yeah. they're listing some consoles and, and the like, and I just don't see. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean the, the prices aren't going to be listed, and I I mean I understand why they don't because they just don't. I I don't. I, if I owned the place, I don't think I'd want to either because I just wouldn't want to be price shop so hard that way. But I, I will say the prices were very fair. I did see not- now I've got that's interesting. I've got an opposite opinion on that. I've actually just had this conversation here recently with somebody, oh, okay. and, and you know this goes this goes back through every hobby that I've had, whether it, it was cars and related parts and how that stuff was listed back in the day. Even uh, if, you know going back to the newspaper ads and our local local trading magazine yeah, and then how that transitioned into arcade stuff and pinballs through still print ads and Facebook and all that. If there's not a price on it, I don't care if it's something personally that I, that I want that I, that is a title. That is an X. That is a Y. That is a Z that I want. I won't call the person Hmm. because I, I, in my experience, and maybe this is kind of having been run around a, a little bit in some of the car community and in, in the and the the parts therein, that person is he's that that individual is proud of that part and they're gonna put a proud price on it, but they're shy of making that price public. They want to give you the set the salesman pitch. Well why I, you need to have their part. Their part at their price. Yeah. So yeah. personally that doesn't work for me. So I'm assuming that there's an opposite of me out there and they don't care. Well I, I mean I, I don't I don't think I've run I, I mean I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I don't think I've run into that in my in, in my travels, but I get where you're coming yeah. from. I, I'm not gonna make the trip because I don't want to turn around and why did I come here? That's way too much. Yeah, well, you know? I understand that. I, I mean, for me, I, I think the Facebook page, in, in my mind, is there to 
is there to show you what the layout of the store is like and create some interest in, hey, that would be a nice place to go visit. Um, it worked because we were there and we were close. I, I, I mean, for me to say sitting here in, in Louisville, Kentucky, would I, would I make the trip specifically there just to go there because of there? That may be a tougher sell, yeah. okay. But but if you're in the city and around the area, it, yeah, there, there's there's I mean, no doubt about this it. is this is 2018. It's the air air quote global economy. I mean, just I'd put yeah, prices I, on I, it and I just that. Yeah, it, with the willingness that. to ship. Yeah, you know yeah. what's a mailer for a, a game cost, you know, and Hey, if it's a, if it's in a jewel case, like it's a CD game, like a dreamcast or something, or these PlayStation games, I, I'll put it in like the, the flat rate boxes that like, like your Christmas gift just came yeah, yeah, in. There you go. So it's got a, I, I don't, that's me though. Yeah. But, no, Hey, I, I it's not it. my business. I didn't start it. Yeah. You know, they, they, <laughs> they're definitely a leg up on me. So yeah. if that works, it works. If, if it works, it works. I, and I, I get that. But one, one thing I will say is the prices, the prices at the store were, were very fair. Um, so it definitely had, had, a, had a good time there just, you know, burning an hour or so, just kind of walking around and, and looking at, uh, you know, just a, a bunch of console stuff. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, we did try to get in a tour of Stern, um, worked on that actually for, for several weeks, but it, it wound up due to some situational, uh, just a, some situational timing. It didn't, it didn't pan out. It didn't uh, work out. So it was definitely kind of bummed, but, um, you know, despite that, um, it, it did all work out. It did all work out well. Um, I do want to give a, a shout out to Mike Vinnickauer, though. He did come out and he spent some time with us on Friday. Uh, we went to lunch at, at uh, the Portillo's that was close to Stern and sat and talked for, I think, probably a couple of hours and just had a really, really good discussion. It was a lot of fun. And then he came on out Saturday and met us back at the Galloping Ghost. And he hung with us for, I don't know, probably three hours or so, Played, get, walked around, played games, and... You know, hung around with Doc and did you it, challenge him to a game of uh Mortal was it Mortal Kombat? The, no, the, I, I know better than that. So <laughs> I, I did we we did not we did and not, you're done. Yeah, yeah. We, we did not get into that. <laughs> but um it was interesting because because Mike Mike knows a lot about a lot of history on the games. And so it was just interesting to talk with him and just kind of hear his stories as to as, as to what he did and and uh, you know back in the day. And it, it was just fun. So Mike, if you're listening to this, man, thank you for Thank you for the time and, th- and thank you for coming out. And uh, he did bring us some caps, so so that that worked out pretty well. And if you, I, I don't so know if you did saw, you, you finally got your stern cap. Got, got my stern cap. Buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting good. It was funny because he he, he brought he brought a little uh, a pack of them, and I had enough to give one to Victor and Sean and and uh, and, and you know and everybody that was uh, everybody that was there. So it worked out pretty well. And if you look at Victor and Sean's most recent podcast episode, they actually have their hats on uh, and. They they kind of they, they kind of take a you know kind of kind of an OG thuggish kind of picture with their hats on you know they're mm-hmm. kind of standing back to back with each other with their arms kind of you know with their arms crossed and everything it, I mean it's hilarious because they do not look at home in those hats <laughs> at all but but they they took a good picture and they they were is that on their sports. Facebook page I'm actually I, going out I to think, look at I think it now so. yeah I think so so uh, again Mike uh, really do appreciate that so ha- had a really good trip and uh, <laughs> and like I say just. Just, I, I really wish uh, it Alex, is on there. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Uh, po- podcast one twenty two. One twenty two. Yeah, but in closing, Brent. Yeah, I really wish that Alex and you could have made it. I, I think you guys would have would have had a good time. So 
hopefully, hopefully we can do it again. But um, circling back to home, uh, I did get uh, some time to work on my total nuclear annihilation. I installed my armor um, and lighted hinges and everything. Got all that stuff kind of uh, kitted up and, and up and going. And I, I still have some other stuff I've got to do as far as just addressing some of the, I guess, kind of like some of the handyman fixes that have been found on the game over time and um it does turn out there's some uh, some post delivery maintenance that i've got to do by <laughs> i think you and i were talking about this yes. before we before we started uh started recording the show but i've got to pull some of the star post on the play field and uh address some some play field fixes that uh that yeah, this, has that, that, identified that was all kind of surprising to me yeah to i mean every, there's always issues always issues but i i did catch a little of this kind of floating around on the uh on the various locations of pinball discussion and yeah. I, I mean the short of it is i'm is, bummed <laughs> yeah yeah the yeah. the short of it is is it sounds like there was a curing issue with a run of these play fields yeah. and the star posts. Uh, and just in this picture you've got, which looks like it came from Pinside. It did, yes. I can see where the it, the clear adhered. This is my take. The clear adhered to the bottom of the post, mm-hmm. and when the as, post twisted, yeah, it, yeah, as the game is played and the post is hit, and as it moves, it literally not only cracked the clear, but it also took the artwork underneath with it. Yeah, and yeah, it did. W- this particular picture, it's about a half a circle, mm-hmm. and you can see where the rest of the clear is, is it's dimpled. In, it's it's indented. Where it the, is definitely indented. Now, and you, granted, I'm sure you'll get a little of that when you're. They're not hand assembling these games, yeah. so they're going to do it with a with a tool, and it's going to get a little torque to it. So yeah, I can see where it's going to draw in and put a little impression in the clear. But I don't. Know, from what I understand of it, it almost it seems to me as if somewhere along the line, as it continued to cure, it more or less bonded itself to the posts. And then as the posts move, everything bonded to it moves, yeah. and it takes it with it. Exactly. Now, the, the one thing that I do have going for me is um, is time has been on my side because I've had the game for a little while, but um, because I, I took the armor off of it uh, almost straight away and sent it off to have it powder-coated, and it, of course there's there's time involved in that, and then the time to get it back. And then we wound up going down to Nashville for Grando Game Room Expo. And then Thanksgiving turns around. And then, uh, you know, we've, we've both got, you know, we've both got our day-to-day lives that, that we, you know, that we uh, go through. So, you know, I haven't really had a lot of time to revisit the game. So my play field is actually set and set and set and set for weeks between the time that I opened it up and today. And I, I mean, right now I've only got like five, five, maybe six games on my machine. And that was when I unboxed it. And, uh, it just to make sure that it, that it was, it was what I bought. But at that point, I then broke the armor down off of it and sent it on for powder coating. And I put the game up on my dolly and there it is set for what Brent two months, easily, easily yeah. two months. So I, you know, I, I, I may even though, even though it looks like my game is affected, I may be a bit out of the woods on it, it just simply because my game has just set and has had the additional curing time. I don't really know. 
that that's that's all suspicion on my part and 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 a bit of um a bit of jumping to conclusion i'll admit it based upon what i'm reading on pin side but nonetheless uh spooky did send me some some washers and i've got to determine whether or not i'm going to uh, pull the mylar which i, I feel like i'm going to do so and, you say the mylar because a, a, one of the solutions which i guess was a factory solution was to put mylar mylar rings at the base of the star post. Okay, and yeah. that that seems to have proven out not to have been effective. Correct. Yes. Yes. It. It. I, I'm sure it was a good idea at the time, but it. Uh, it has proven out to, in in my mind, probably actually add to the problem rather than yeah. solve well, the problem. I, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Not only for you, uh, I mean, because I, I, I'm invested in it because. You're a friend of mine, yeah. You know, so I know someone. You're 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 personally and financially invested in it, mm-hmm. and no matter what you do, you're running a risk. Uh, okay, what's the risk? Is this going to happen to me? What's the fear? You and I kind of experienced this with Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Stern's gone through this, and they they've made good. It took them a while, it took but them they a while, but they did. Uh, and and I've seen actually I've seen damage on on where they've still had issues coming forward. It's gotten a lot better. I've seen yeah. Guardians of the Galaxies with big big chunks missing out of them. Yeah, and, and you know they've they've been rectifying those situations. Yeah. So I mean it's really going to be interesting to see how this evolves. And at a bare minimum. I mean, you didn't buy a project. No, and and that's, <laughs> and that's it. It's what you bought work. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what it feels like at this point because I've I've got to sort out what I'm going to do about the post and and then actually I've I've come across another couple of issues with the game as well and I just out of respect I I've got to reach out to Charlie first and talk to him about what I've found at least on my specific machine. And before I, you know, before I w- w- would ever bring it up here on the show, but th- the best way to say it is, is, you know, based on this and then a couple of other things that I found, it, it actually does feel like a project. It feels like I bought a project it, along some of the same lines as, as Ghostbusters. And I'm, I am a little bummed about that because I, that really wasn't what I, what I wanted to have happen. So anyway, it, it, it's, it is what it is, but I, I'll, I'll be able to update more I mean, on it. Like next month, I'm on sure. the Ghostbuster side, I, I know you were able to follow my lead quite a bit on that because I had time to dive into it first. Uh-huh. I had, a and, and let me tell you, and that that did help, yeah. Because because if you spent three hours, I got the I, I got the good fortune of only having to spend forty five minutes, right? You know, yep. so it worked out, yeah. So my big things that come to mind right now is. Um, I had a switch at the top of the left ramp that was intermittent, mm-hmm. and that would affect the ball lock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was no big deal. But the two big things were that that left ramp leads around to the subway with a diverter in it for the physical ball lock. Yeah, and that little area where the diverter is, uh, just the casting was terrible. It it was yeah. it was flush against the play field. But it was in there in such a way where the geometry wouldn't allow the ball to drain. Yeah. So the ball would sit there until um, ball search, and then the, the diverter would punch it over or just just tweak it just enough to get it to where it needed to be. Yeah. Then the other thing was Slimer, and it's that and that was just a poor design because as it would come out, as he would swing down, he would rub against 
pieces on the uh, on the play field. It, definitely poor. Yeah, poor it, design. It, it was if the angle of his his shaft was changed slightly, or just like we did, we varied the height with some washers and and time. Yeah, we you know. That that was easily fixable. Yeah, yeah, totally. And but I didn't have to take the play field apart. Yeah, that's the thing. Exactly. And so that's that's kind of where we're at. But you know, I, other people on Pinside are affected as well. So yeah. it's it's not just it, I'm not belly aching just because it's me. I, it's just one of those scenarios where it's like, huh. All right. Well, here here we are. So. Well, I look forward to updates. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they'll 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 be because I've got the game in a position where I've got to. I've got to get it all back together and um, because everybody wants to play pinball and I've got to get it out of the way. So, so there it is. Um, and you know, what's interesting, Brent is I did post out a question last month and did, did have follow up, and I, I included it here and there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of response, but, and I'm going to, I'm just going to read the first paragraph because that that's, that's the meat of this. The rest of it is getting into how this works, but um, this is a response back from listener uh, Brendan F on the subject of where I asked if anybody was using any type of application to manage their collection or manage uh, you know inventory or home inventory or it, looking at insurance for their games or anything like that because of the water issues that you know the plumbing issues that I'd had you know over the past couple of months but Brendan uh, Brendan did write in and he gave a, an extremely detailed response. And I so appreciate that. And Brent, I included this so you can see it as well. And I'll, I'll summarize this for the show notes, but it goes like this. Brendan says, you guys chatted about having some method to inventory your arcade and pens for insurance purposes. I actually have a possible solution, which I use for all for inventorying all sorts of things. Mostly I use it in order to keep track of all my console video games. Many times I've gone to shows or retro game stores and come across a game or two that I wanted where I have to second guess myself by asking, do I already have that game? He says Alzheimer's sucks. And, well, <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've been through that. I, I've had to go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll mention. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll no, we've up. all faced this. Yep. For a few years, I've been using something called My Stuff 2. And he gives he gives a link to it. And I'll, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. He goes, this is an iOS app. Uh, works for iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch. Man. He says that is fan freaking tastic. <laughs> Sorry, Android <laughs> users. So well, I'm I, out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did look into this, and well, I mean, Brent, if you you know if you bought like a used iPad or something like that, it may, may uh, be a good option well, for you. Well, what I was where I've gone through the exact same thing that that Brendan has is with movies. Okay. And, and I I have. I don't have tons and tons and tons, but I have a a fairly decent. I mean, I've got a good book, the upper two thirds of a bookshelf, standard bookshelf worth of DVDs. And yeah. it's mostly and it gets to be a lot. Yeah, and it's like, oh, do I have this and that? And and yeah, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you I'd never purchased another copy of a, of a movie. Yeah, oh, well, we've we've all done especially, that. Especially when you get to the movies that we all kind of grew up with, you know. I say. I know we our listeners vary in age, but yeah, you and I, yeah, you know, you, you if we grew up with, um, I don't know, 
I, I, now I just totally went blank. But movie X, something that we really enjoyed. Well, all those movies are in the five dollar bins now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, yeah. I come home and I've went oh yeah three other times, three so, other times, yeah. and it's like there it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the good thing about this app, it's again, it's called My Stuff Two. Is th- this is this is at its core a user customizable database application that is geared for inventorying. Uh, physical items. And so it's it's nice. It allows you to capture barcode. It allows you to capture pictures of the items. You can set up, uh, essentially, temp- template out uh, a database table that is specific for, let's say, like uh, handheld, or, uh, handheld game systems. Another uh, database for uh, firearms or jewelry or movies or music. Uh, then what's nice is you could customize pinball machines, you know, tracking pinball machines for... Uh, in, in relation to what you currently own versus maybe what you sold. And same for like stand-up arcade games and things like that. So it seems like this is the type of solution that does require you to invest some time in it, but it has it has a good payoff uh, for, for the time. So, so with that, uh, you know, like I say, I'm not going to get into the the entire email because we'll actually hear from Brendan just a little bit later in the show for some of the other stuff that he um, that he wrote in about. But I, I thought this was relevant because this is where I mentioned it last show, and and it's it's a good response. So, Brendan, thank you for that. Um, I, yeah, I'll definitely have to definitely have to look into that. My thing is though is that I, I tend to try to stay away from apps that are just usable on one device. And, and I can't like use it on my laptop or on my tablet or on, you know, X, Y, or Z, but th- this looks to be a good solution because I could use it on my iPhone and my, and my iPad. And I've, matters. I've known you to float around because you've had Android before. As well. I've had Android. I've had Mac. I've had yeah. windows. I've, 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 I've used them all. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's, so that, that's something that is something that, that I'll, I'll definitely look at. So I guess with that, Brent, that's that's pretty much me. Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything vid-related for the month, unfortunately, um, just due to, um, you know, it's been Thanksgiving, now it's Christmas, and some travel in between, but that, that's it. And, and quite honestly, dude, I hate to say it, but TNA's been a time suck for me this month, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm bummed because of that. I, I imagine. Yeah. I, I can only, well, no, I, it's not that I can imagine. I know, because yeah. I've been there, yeah. but not to that level. So I'm yeah. frustrated for you, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, but like I say, I'm going to contact Charlie and just alert him to the things that I have found that have not been brought up in the Pinside Owners thread, and I only feel it right and respectful to talk to him first before I just go posting a bunch of pictures everywhere. You know, that, that just doesn't seem like the right way to that just doesn't yeah, seem like agree. the right way to handle it. So I'm I'm, I'm going to talk to Charlie, see what he has to say. And then, um, and then, then we'll, we'll just proceed from there. But ho- yeah, hopefully some more updates next month. But in a nutshell, buddy, that's it. Cool. So here's what we got coming up in the show. When we get into the, uh, uh, the famed spin Brent's money segment, I know Whitney's got a lot of things scattered through there and I actually, I've managed only, to add only something. Found three, man. Okay. But, but they're all related. So, well, I added a little something in there too. So cool. you got to check it out earlier. We'll talk about earlier. Excuse me. We'll talk about that when we get there. But, before that, I've got a tech segment where I want to go through some video game stuff, and I want to talk all about uh, optical guns, gun games, you know, like Area 51, Police Trainer, that style of gun game. And basically, what 
you could expect or things you can look at to help you troubleshoot a gun game. A gun so, game. It's well, interesting. I mean, I don't have any gun games. I, I've I want one so bad, and <laughs> it just keeps getting pushed back. Yeah, I've got, I, I get it. I've I, got. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, a soft spot in my heart for Area 51. And I know it's predictable. It's the same game. It's kind of on rails, whatever. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. You enjoy it. And well, so I've got the board sets. I've got I've got all the hardware. I've got I've had ample opportunity for cabinets. And I've just not crossed the finish line. Well, and, and I need to get I, honestly, I need to get um, a versus set up for some of the gun games for for the Nintendo versus. You know, that, that's the route I would go. I, I, and I've even got myself in a position where I could do do that. It, it, I've got versus light guns, and I've had issues with them. Oh, nice. Okay. And you know, it's really easy to convert an NES zapper over. Yeah. So I, back when I discovered how to do that, you could find a zapper just about any day of the week in a thrift store. So yeah. Yeah, I picked up every zapper I could with the intention of having friends that would want them. Yeah. So floating around here, I have a box of zappers. Well, I may need to. And, I may need to to uh, talk to you yeah. at some point in time. So yeah, th- no, that's awesome. So here, here's what's going to come up right after this segment. We've actually got quite a few sound bites left from uh, the the I almost said a little arcade expo from. The Grand Old Game Room Expo in Nashville. So this show, we're going to actually run a, a conversation that Whitney and I had with Larry Kitchen of Flipping Out Pinball. So coming up in the future, you know, we'll kind of tease these a little bit. We've got a sit down with uh, uh, Mark and Paul from Marco. I know we've got a discussion from the floor with uh, Kalen. Uh, Rachel from Marco, as well as uh, Mike from Stern mm-hmm. that you hung yeah. out with in Chicago. Yeah, and that was right at their booth as well. Oh, yeah, right yeah. there in their booth. Yep. And, of course, uh, the uh, uh, the JP of Podcasserole conversation <laughs> yeah. train wreck yeah. that is when we always get together, the fun train wreck yeah, and uh, we'll that we had. We'll even call it the Law Show. Because, yeah, the Law Show. <laughs> yeah, the Law Show is what we'll call that. Uh, we had actually Saturday night there in Nashville, so we've got that coming up too here in, in the not too distant future. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so I tell you what, before we uh, before we blow your wallet all to Kingdom Come, why don't we go ahead and uh, let's hear from Larry? Whitney and I have been hanging out in the business center here at the hotel at the Grand Old Game Room Expo. So nice and quiet. Yeah, and uh, what we what we're doing is is when uh, folks of notoriety or infamy walk by, yeah. we reach out and snag them, put them in a corner, and force them to talk to us. Yeah. And the next victim uh-huh. is Mr. Larry Kitchen of Flipping Out Pinball. Hey, Larry. Hey, how are you guys doing? I and I think I fit in the infamy category, not or maybe notorious. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's two sides of the same coin. It's it's a Saturday Sunday discussion, is what it is. Yeah. So Larry, you've got a good sized booth out here, and you have. Let's see, I've played Monster Bash, so you're distributor right. for for Chicago Gaming, for and sh- this is the first production Monster Bash that has hit the show. I think there might be some down in Iapa this week, but this is the first show. It's the first? It's the first show. Interesting. Doing. Okay, that's cool. They had the pre-production games at 
in uh, Chicago. This was a production game. was built on Wednesday. We picked it up late Wednesday night. It got here on Thursday, and it's been playing all weekend, and it's now on its way to Memphis to go on a, to his new home. So now, did you get a chance to play it, Whitney? I oh, played I, it. I did, and I'm telling you, I am in I'm in love with that machine. I think it's it's so beautiful. I mean, it's Monster Bash. I mean, who's, who's not going to love Monster Bash? But the theming of it, the lighting, everything, it, it's, it's Monster Bash plus awesome is what it is so, so I, lo- I do i really like so it. that was the se trim game that's correct se they're going to build some classics and se's first get that everything production about 150 of them then they'll start building the le's which go to serial number matching customers so if you bought an attack from mars you know serial number one two three and you want to buy an attack for, i mean a, a, a monster bash then you could get serial number one two three in the, in the uh, monster bash so that's a that's a nice perk it's called the customer loyalty program from chicago gaming and they're really the only people that do that so the se game has uh, a larger display correct and Whitney and I talked about the current news in pinball pretty heavily in the last show, and we talked a lot about the Monster Bash, because, you see, we talked a little bit about a Stern title that was out. Yeah, we talked about Deadpool and, and Beatles. We, talk, we yeah. talked about that. And yeah. uh, uh, Chicago Pinball's offering, and we... Oktoberfest as well, we talked Oktoberfest. about that. Yeah. Hands down, our winner of the group that we were discussing was Monster Bash. For the money and for what you're getting... And seeing those, the SE versions of the sculpts in person, that's a really nice machine. The play field is beautiful. It pops. It plays great. I feel like I'm selling the games for you. I was... Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I was... I, we'll we'll talk tell, to you off air. How about as that? As you can tell, when I walked in and saw that game, I fanboyed a little bit on it because yeah. I really wanted to play it. And I, I, it took me a bit to finally make it over to it and... Man, it, it, it's it's an awesome playing game. Yeah, the play field's beautiful on it. The tricolor LEDs, the way they did that. It it's the way if you took a really nice Monster Bash and put a few mods on it, it's very tastefully done. And then the upgraded display with the the, the uh, upgraded pixels, mm-hmm. awesome. D- Dan Dubuche, help me, Winnie Dubuche. D- Dubuche. I can't. Yeah. Port- I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, it's all good. He and I were playing a game earlier, and right. as I played. He, he just could not stop watching the display. It was hard to play for him commenting on the display. It, it was beautiful. It well, was. That, that's, the, that's the, the mark of them hitting it on the head with that game. Because if you, look at, if you look at everything that it brings to the table, it's Monster Bash modernized is what it is. And that everybody kind of complains about rebooted movies, rebooted stories, or sequels or anything like that. This is, this is a reboot, done, or I guess remake, if, if we're going to be technical about it. But this is a, a remake or reboot done right, is what it is. It's absolutely correct. And then if then you go to the LE, you get even a few more with the mirror blades, the plasma disc, and the topper. And it and it's I mean that just really blows it out of the water. The, the, the uh, powder coat and the the uh, plaque on the lockdown bar, just a beautiful game. So let me ask you about supportability, Larry. So the game is a, a, re, a remake of Monster Bash. I'm not tr- not downplaying it by saying Correct. that. When it comes to the mechs and the like, I, I know the electronics are updated, obviously. Correct. Is it still, I guess, classic Williams underneath yes. in terms of parts and supportability? Yes. The, the, you know, the coils, the flipper assemblies, those are just straight off the shelf. Bally Williams, you could change the same coils they've been using. So all of those parts are all the same. You could put those parts on a regular Monster 
Monster Bash. The electronics are obviously different, but that's really mm-hmm. it. And they've been pretty bulletproof. I, very, very few issues. I, I don't get any warranty calls. Uh, you know, maybe a flipper return spring break or something silly, but they're just really very reliable right out of the box. Awesome. I, I can't say anything more about the game. I mean, I really enjoy the game. It's, it is a sight to behold. So I, I would recommend people, you know, seek it out and give it a shot and play it. And yeah. We know who, where to get them. If you're interested, exactly. reach out to Flipping Out and Larry. Yeah, I, I guess my, my curious question here, and you can read into it what you will, but will the SEs continue to be made over the, over the, the the lifespan of the production or um it did, does does chicago cap this or do they time limit uh the availability of ordering or how how does that work from from your perspective because it, i don't want to say this any other i want to say this respectfully but still uh pinball is a very expensive purchase and it's not one that you do lightly and, and you don't do it flippantly i guess well maybe no pun, intended. no pun intended but <laughs> but uh, ultimately it's a planned purchase for most and sometimes that planning does not coincide with when it's released and the the fever and the uh, the I guess the 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 rush that is put into like oh it's available order now order now get this get that and I think we all maybe succumb to that just a little bit but ultimately you've got to play the long game on it if if you if you want to get what you're after and I'm just kind of curious as to uh, what what's your what's your perspective on how long are the the the, um, the, you know, the I guess what the the, the bottom tier model and then the SEs and of course the LEs know they're, they're numbered so that's a time window there but w- w- what do we have for potential owners what what are, what are they looking at if you're interested in an LE I would purchase it now because most dealers are uh, their allotments we all get allotments and then the um, if, in, depending on the dealer they may or may not be sold out I know some of the dealers that I talk to on a regular basis some are sold out some only have a few left I have like two left oh, I see. And, and I'm not trying to twist anybody's arm but on the but on the LEs if you have a favorite dealer I would talk to them get a deposit down the SEs and CEs are going to make those first and then they'll make the some of the LEs as I said earlier then they'll go back and there really is an unlimited number of SEs and CEs I've had requests even today in my email do I have any MMRs in stock so and they I thought I bought enough MMRs to last me through until they got more built because we knew that the monster bash was coming and but I didn't so I've been out of stock on MMRs and probably won't be able to get any till next year but we'll they'll build more MMRs as well as attack from Mars if there is a need and they talk to us and you know say hey would if we built some more would you buy some and and so it, it kind of depends on customers need as long as customers are buying they'll build them so st- step away from the monster bash for a little bit you've got uh, several other games over there. I saw a, uh, a P-Rock game. I saw Lexi Lightspeed over there. So talk a little bit about that. I haven't seen that game. I don't know if you've got to play it, Whitney. I, I did get to play it, yes. I haven't seen that game since uh, when we were at uh, Pinball, Pinball Expo, Expo in 2014. 2014's the last time we saw that. And I want to say at the time, was Jerry offering, was it three and one? There was three titles. Three titles, but I, I think it was a package, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Yeah. 
you know, it was a, if you pre-ordered, then Jerry would throw in those extra games at the pre-order price. So that those people that took advantage of that, they finally started shipping games, I believe it was last year, maybe earlier this year. Uh, I'm recently a dealer for them, so I haven't followed that history. I, I always knew about it. I've known Jerry a long time. So we became a dealer for him in the last six months. The game has evolved tremendously. Uh, the game that's on the floor has four games in it. has two Lexi Lightspeeds, a Rocks, which is a takeoff of uh, Asteroids, but you play with pinball. And then there's a barnyard game for younger children that's, if you want to teach your four or five-year-old really how to play pinball, be a great learning tool because they have fun. There's chicken and ducks and pigs, and the ball hits them, and they blow Well, I was, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I've, I've played a game of Lexi on it, and I didn't... I just walked up and pressed start. I didn't realize there was another game. He had me sold on the asteroids, but now I'm kind of on board with the chicken and ducks too, Whitney. I'm telling you, I'm not too proud to play the barnyard, and I'm also not too proud to like it. No, so that's all good. <laughs> yeah, you it's, may you may want to expand the demographic target you know, for that game. A four or five or thirty-five, you know. So yeah, yeah. We're, oh, I wish I was thirty-five, Larry. I haven't seen thirty-five in a long time. <laughs> So we'll have to go over and play that because yeah. I didn't realize those were on there. And then to, to even further enhance the game, it, you know, the P3 is really the platform. And then if you want to, like I have the Cannon Lagoon module, and it's a simple two latches and four connectors in the back of it. You lift that whole back play field of, and you lift that out, you put the other one in, you put the four connectors back in, you latch it in place, and now it's Cannon Lagoon. So you can change it modules. Cosmic Kart Racing is coming out. They've been they've showed that at Pinball Expo. It's pretty cool. That requires a separate module in the back. So this platform will will keep growing. It's they've open sourced it. They're hoping for third party developers to come in and make more games like Barnyard for you. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. no, oh, yeah, th- thank you. It. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm good for that. <laughs> so so maybe we can find you another game. Yeah. Uh, but um, the, re- the return of Barnyard. Hey, that's that's what I need next. Yeah. Barnyard remake or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, so it's it's been a, it's a it's a very well engineered game. It's it's amazing the engineering the modularity. It's I was just astounded by that because the whole flipper assembly comes out. You're working on the bench. People things slide out. You know the play field over the, the video screen. You slide that out. Polish it up with a buffer. It looks like brand new. So it's it's very very cool. Very very module. They've come out with a um, screen for the back. For, so they're going to put a LCD screen in the back. They've got new graphics for it. Mine doesn't have that. Unfortunately, it came out just as, a, as we got my demo game. So it's, they're trying to brighten it up a little bit, make it a little flashier to compete with some of the newer games mm-hmm. because it is a little dull, honestly. You know, but it's going to get, it, it keeps evolving. It's in, it, they, it's a great platform. If you're into a spot where you've got maybe only space for a couple of games, might be a great one and you get four or five games in, you know, in one spot where it takes up one place of a pinball and then maybe have a regular or a video game or whatever you want so i think that's kind of where it fits and then it fits pretty well in arcades where it's you know not a a video game it's not a pinball so people are attracted to it it's it's very very neat it's uh, i'm it's got to be the right person it's got to be the right fits not for everybody but i think it's the best combination of the virtual pinball and the physical pinball that i've seen Mm -hmm. it because you're really playing physical pinball but you also have the virtual 
yeah, screen as well. Yeah. The 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 for, for folks that haven't seen it, it's got a display that shines up that comes through the lower two thirds of the playfield. Correct. And then the ball can interact with that. Right. There so, are sensors on there are sensors on that playfield that actually track the ball, and it leaves like a little smoke screen behind the ball. So different. I know the Lexi game that I'd played. There was a. a a mini game or a mode in it rather where I had to make shots and collect parts and then make another shot so that the character in the game could assemble it and then there was another mode where so that that is displayed on the screen there was another mode where I was in a warehouse and the ball was tracked to break open these crates so that there was direct reaction from my action on the display. Then, speaking of kind of a fit for everybody, you've also got a, a pitching bat over there. Correct. That's a also a new product. It's been around for a couple of years. Uh, it's a remake of the old classic combined with the new modern electronics. It puts on a neat light show. If you look at the cabinet, it's it's got the side windows like the old 57 Williams, and then it's got the basic pitch and bat like some of the others. It's got the ramps on some of the earlier. They made a lot of baseballs in the 60s and, and some of the 70s. So it's taken some of the best pieces of all that and put it into this game. And then, of course, it has the running man unit, which is the ultimate part, I think, that to watch the guys come up and run the bases. And uh, and it's it's very very cool, you know. As far a great a great piece for uh, the game room where you've got several pinballs and you've got some other things. This is a nice addition, and to me, it's a great two player game. It, it does really well when you and your buddy are having a beer and you're betting a dollar on the game or whatever. And and uh, you know one guy pitches, one guy bats, and then you can have fun. And 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 it's a great two player game. I think that's where it really shines. You and I were talking about this a little earlier, so it's a leading question, obviously. You know, I've had a little research work. We'll call it research. There's two art packages for that game. That's correct. Correct? Yes. One is the Zombie Edition. Zombie Yeti did the artwork. So that the, the artwork's very cool. You look. That's the model that's here. That's yeah. correct. And it's, it's you look in the detail of that thing and the crowd and all that, it's it's very, very cool. You can spend a lot of time just looking at the artwork. And then there's the Classic Edition. It's called All-Star, and it's the red, white, and blue, very, you know, very all-American yeah. paint scheme. So you can get either one you want. And then moving on down, you also have escaleras that's correct and honestly i knew what these were by by sight and the first time i i had someone mention it to me it was actually one of the the gentlemen that is an organizer from the little arcade expo we were talking about moving a game i, I was purchasing a game from him and i thought he said something about moving an escalade and, and i'd been to his house it was a bad cell phone connection and i, I was like jeremy um I've been over there. I did. I, do you all have a Cadillac? For those that don't know, talk about the Escaleras because these things are amazing. I've had I've had an opportunity to use yours a couple times this weekend. And, you did? And, yes, I did. I'm going to keep an eye on you. Yeah, oh, you you have. <laughs> will walk away. You have got to watch me. <laughs> yeah. I will admit that. All right. Um, yeah, Escalera is. I, I actually got into selling them because. I had had back surgery, and I've been in this business 35 years, and over the years, it took the toll. I eventually hurt my back, and it, if I'm going to stay in this business, I have to have help. So I knew about the Escalera. I did some research on it. There's other people in the business. Escalera seemed to be the way to go. For the money, for what it does, it's absolutely the best product for in our business. So I approached Escalera and said, 
you don't have a representative in the pinball arcade market. You need somebody to sell these because there's a huge need for this. So it, tell everybody exactly what it is. I know what it is because I've seen it. It's a stair climbing hand truck. So it's a basic hand truck that climbs stairs, motorized, it's battery operated. The, the, the first model is 700 pound capacity. So it'll lift any pinball arcade up and all you do is balance it push the button you can go up the stairs or down the stairs and all you do is balance it takes all that one guy can now do it where he needs you know his buddies and they're all good and you have to buy you know how much beer and pizza can you save if you buy one of these you don't have to feed your buddies anymore so and, and it's also got uh, and i didn't realize this it has like mini forklift type uh, uh, what, what do you want to it, call it? It's a it's an accessory. There's two two models: the basic hand truck, and then there is the forklift model, and it comes with a manual winch or electric winch. Um, so it, it, it can be it's very industrial, and it wasn't developed for the, the pinball market. It was really developed more for industrial. A lot of uh, people that do cast iron stoves, do home installations. You got to go up oh, a see, lot of steps, and the forklifts pick the, the the cast iron stove up, stick it right in the fireplace one guy can install them now and so there's a cost savings but it, for our business what we do moving games around it's perfect a lot, there are other accessories that go with it lots of accessories but I use the forklift model I mean I obviously I, I since I'm a dealer I get a lot of games delivered in a semis I save money because I don't need a fork uh, a, a lift gate lift gate charges when you're shipping and you know it's, it's there's a 35 50 dollar fee so you're saving, you're saving yourself. Every time we get delivered, I save a lift gate fee. I roll it out to the semi, and I unload the semi with my Escalera. So it, it, it's, I just set them down on the road, grab the next one, set them down on the ground, set it, grab the next one, and then I wheel them into the, into the warehouse. I don't have a, a dock that I can actually back up to. So, so here's what I was doing. Uh, I was helping David, David Corrigan, uh, organizer of the Grand Old Game Room Expo, put together his x-men six player okay and it's a big cabinet 225 inch monitors and so that there's they look seamless one mounts on the back of the game and there's a little overlap in terms so that they look seamless well i was getting ready to pick up this box you know i had people all around all right we, we were get you you put this bolt in you put this bolt in and it was going to have to be this perfect symphony of let's not kill ourselves with this thing and larry walks over and says um you're doing it wrong do you want this yeah. and i was like oh my gosh this thing is awesome yeah. I mean, we uh we used it earlier to just raise the machine up put legs on it it I am sold on that. Uh, well, I, I, I'm definitely wanting to take a look at this because I, uh, I, I'm i the only male in my household besides my lab, okay? okay. And, and I love him to death, but he's no help at all when it comes to moving no games. Thumbs. No thumbs. He has no thumbs. And, but hmm. but I, I guess the interesting thing is, from from a potential buyer perspective, how does the Escalera handle, uh, handle going up different types of steps, carpeted steps, let's say wood steps or whatever? Does, does the dolly have to... To lie on its back and then it then it traverses the steps at an angle, or does it does it lift up one step at a time with you holding the dolly straight up, or does it do both? No, it, it goes one step at a time. There are two there are two sets of lifting feet that have a 10 inch reach so you can go up a 10 inch step if you need to typically most steps are between six and a half seven inches that's the standard so you bring it to the first step 
you push, you get it to the balance point, which is your job as the operator to maintain the balance. You push the button, it, the lifting feet come around, they contact the next step, it lifts it up, and then you bring it, roll it back, contacts the second step, the le- second set of lifting feet, touch that. And it doesn't care because of the way it is straight down, whether it's carpet, there's videos of people lifting heavy things on ice blocks, on slick pieces, on rocks, concrete. It doesn't it doesn't matter? It doesn't care. As long as as long because your job maintaining the balance, the weight presses straight down, and it just lifts it up. And there's also 1,200 pound capacity. I sell those to guys that move the big gun safes, so they use those and lift gun safe, thousand pound gun safes with it, and in people's houses. So it, that, that's amazing. It's utterly it amazing. I mean, I, I think about all of the think about all of the, the the near misses that I've had with my own back, just trying to tug, yank, and pull things around and lay stuff down. Like, I, you know, I've got a really nice a really nice appliance dolly and probably one of the best ones that I've I've ever seen. But ultimately, it still runs on it's Whitney power. power. That's exactly right. One, it, it's a one Whitney. Power. It's a one Whitney power. And let me tell you, depending on whether it's Tuesday or Thursday, that may only be about three quarters. So, so the problem is is that I'm the limiting factor on everything. Yeah, well, you won't have that issue. As long as the battery is good, you're gonna you can lift anything you want. How long does the battery last? And and I mean, what's it what's it rated for? I mean, do you have to recharge this every after every use, or do you get it? Do you get a solid day's worth of use? You know, occasional solid day's worth of use out of it, or how how does how does what's the ownership of it like? The care and feeding. It's it's. I tell people that because we're not in, in this full time that it's going to outlast you so if you want to work it and move stuff all day you're going to be tired it's still going to be gone so it, it the battery life is is of course depending on how new the battery is was it fully charged overnight yeah. and how heavy it is and also temperature affects batteries yeah, somewhat yeah, yeah, sure. but but for what we do and the way we use it you're never going to run out of battery power and if you do it just slows down i've tested this going up down steps i knew the battery was dead Mm -hmm. i and there was a set of nine steps i made it up to the seventh step and it's just grown and and all i had to do is just pull on it a little bit made it up to the eighth just gave it a little bit of help made it all the way up but i but i did that intentionally because i knew the battery was dead yeah and it still did it and then going down obviously it doesn't need as much power so it would it wouldn't be a problem it comes with a smart charger yeah. and when you're done working with it you plug it in you leave it plugged in until the next time you use it I, my next question is will you work a package deal for two broke <laughs> podcasters on a monster bash se and a stair climbing dolly well this is putting well, him on the spot Whitney. well this this is how the deal is made you know <laughs> well only if you take barnyard with it uh, oh yeah I, yeah it, so will you, will you come over to my house and play barnyard well, I with may, me i may have to okay yes. then i think you've made a sale <laughs> <laughs> well larry we greatly appreciate your time we like i said we pulled you in this room and i don't know how long we have to hold you in the state of tennessee before it's considered kidnapping yeah. so <laughs> we're, it, it doesn't matter we're getting close to it well just one more thing i also oh, yeah sure i also sell american pinball and stern so i have oh, a, yeah. a great breadth of products anything pretty much anything you need that isn't a boutique what i would consider a boutique pinball even though probably the baseball is somewhat that yeah. um i can i can uh, help you with that and, and uh, something to move it. So yeah. call us. We can help take oh, care of you. Okay. So, Larry, is it what is the what, what's your actual URL? Okay. It's flippinoutpinball.com. So it's F L I P N O U T. So flip in out 
pinball all one word dot com okay cool i want to make sure we got that got that right yeah we're not good at that stuff so thank you for catching that because otherwise we just keep on going and like thanks larry bye you know and, and then it, then we do you no favors yeah well it's funny it's because i've sold escaleras for so long and on Pinside they just say call larry uh, you know so they didn't even mention my name everybody just knows larry call larry for escaleras so. yeah well we will probably will surely reach a, a, a wider audience and you know because we do video and pin oh, that's and true. The, we'll have people in the audience that are pin only video only and both and so we'll have video people that they don't know who okay who's larry yeah so that's why i want to make sure we cover it so. why don't they know me come on well i think We're they're getting ready that. to yeah I, I will say this what's wrong, with them? Yeah. What's wrong? well they, they I'll, t- I'll say this much they've been jaded for decades by trying to move their asteroids around by themselves <laughs> oh my gosh. and and they're probably like this is too good to be true so if we have to be the litmus test for the atari cabinet population i'm proud to take that one on on myself okay yeah i i've changed monitors and like a big buck hunter i put a monitor in and it's high up and it's just about two in the port where it's too high to really get a good balance point there's a plate that goes on the forklifts so i just set the monitor on the forklifts and i just run it and, and drive it s- in just drive it in <laughs> Brent, where where has this been all all, all these years you, because you, i'm telling you i've been doing it wrong you'd think we'd know you know because i've seen larry larry you've uh and your wife you've come to louisville I do come to Louisville. We do six shows a year, typically. Um, so we're pretty active on the circuit. We, even though we're Midwest, we go we go to Florida, we go to Atlanta, Louisville, Chicago, Texas. Uh, so we get around to the shows. Been doing that for quite some time. Um, been in, like I said, been in this business for a really long time. I've been to thirty one of the thirty four pinball expos. So wow. okay. um, been around a while. I'm an old guy. <laughs> Oh no, we're just seasoned. No, we're, we're just, just seasoned. 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 Yeah. Seasoned. Well, right, so if you if you're you hit a show, just look around. I mean, Larry, he's got. Uh, I noticed that. Uh, is that signage new? The flipping out. We try to every year. We try to upgrade our booth. So this year we added some lights and some new signage to this to the show. And depending on which show we go to, we we may and how much room we have. Yep. We sometimes take a set of stairs so you can actually look at and demo the escalators on the set of stairs. So we were supposed to go to IAPA tomorrow. Um, but that got canceled at the last minute, and that we only do Escalera at IAPA. So that's uh, so we we stay on the road for you know and do a lot of shows. And the older I get, they're getting harder. These hours are killing me. <laughs> seasoned, the more seasoned. Seasoned, you I forget. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I guess where I'm going with that is you can find Larry. <laughs> when you yeah, you can find him. So yeah. look for him. Look for all. Look for the Escalera, and uh, and, and he brings a nice selection of, of his of his games. So and, and I. Because I do sell all the different ones, I know that Marco brings all the Sterns. I work with Marco all the time. So I try to bring, I could bring Sterns, but Marco covers that. So I try to bring things that people won't normally see. So that's why we brought the games that we brought this time. We know Pirates, you know, Lexi Lightspeed, the baseball game, um, the Chicago gaming. Tried, We tried really hard to get an Oktoberfest, just wasn't ready for primetime yet. Um, and then we brought, 
we had a stern in the game. So we really had a nice selection of the manufacturers. And we, so we try to do that so people that come to the shows, they can see the latest and greatest. I mean, I could certainly bring, you know, seven sterns if I wanted to. But this way I get a, one of each and everybody gets a chance to see it. And usually it's the latest one out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Larry, again for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, I think you got a few things to wrap up today as, uh, as the show's ending. So we'll let you get back to it. Yeah, yeah thank you, Larry. Certainly appreciate it. Thanks for ta- taking some time to interview me and, and helping people find out about flipping out pinball. Yeah. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Whitney, we both mentioned in our earlier segment that neither of us actually has a light gun game in our personal collections. Th- this this much is very true. I am uh, I- I'm wanting and desirous. How about that? Well, <laughs> so am I. I've yeah. gotten close several times. Yeah, and, uh, I- I've actually even owned an area. Well, it was converted, but it was an Area Fifty One. And I ended up letting it go because I just it wasn't the particular cabinet setup that I wanted. It was a converted. I, I think it was a pit fighter, and, and I, I just hmm. I, I don't I don't know that I can immediately recall that cabinet. Yeah, it was a converted pit fighter. Now was that I think it? about I'm it, and, to, I'm gonna have to look. And, and it's kind of a. Uh, it's kind of got an interesting design. The, the control panel pulls out and the board is kind of uh, situated behind it. So you get right to the board and the power supply. And actually it's not too bad for maintenance, but Oh, I see. Yeah. You, you yeah, see, yeah, I see it. I, I had in mind and have access to uh, a little bit more of a vertically oriented cabinet. So okay. it wasn't as deep. It wouldn't take up as much space basically. And so yeah, I, this, I ended up letting it go. This one looks like a bit of a, a bit of a hoss when it comes yeah, to it is. floor well, space. I, I was was Pit Fighter a three player game? It is a three player game. So you end it, up with it has a three player control panel. Yeah. How so about you end that? up with a substantial control panel like a proboscis stuck off the front of it. You know, uh, it looks like it has wings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I I didn't end up keeping it. And what I guess what's kind of interesting about the whole gun game thing is is they were really popular when you and I were out of the arcades, but they were around. So I had plenty of opportunity to play them. And, and, you know, given our varied arcade experience in our youth, you were probably, I'm going to guess by that time, maybe spending more time in Louisville in town here where it was a little bit more common to find things. Well, I, I mean, well, no, I mean, because I was in like the Shelbyville Frankfurt area, which I know that means nothing to most ever to probably 99.9% of the people listening. But I guess the best way to sum it up is that, I, I mean, I pretty much stayed in the smaller rural areas. Okay. So I, the only time that I ever got to arcades in, in the Louisville area, or I guess in what we consider like the, the more metropolitan area is like when, whenever we'd come into town to and go to a mall or something like that. So, so l- let me set another way. Yes, I did see the gun games when I would cruise through a mall and see an Aladdin's castle, mm-hmm. but it was at the point to where I didn't care to go in you know, because gotcha. because yep. all of my beloved classics were gone. They were out and everything was, you know, everything was was gun games and, you know, 90s fighters and stuff like that. And I mean, nothing against, you know, Street Fighter and Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter Ultimate and all that. I mean, I know that. I know that they saved gaming for the years that they were out, but that just really, it wasn't my scene. 
Well, and, and you know, by that token, that that per, the person that is a Street Fighter fan might not be a Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong fan, or exactly, fan. or so Burger Time fan. Or it's something just a like different yeah. different generation. Yeah, yeah, it and, is. And, and the more I'm thinking about it, where I had my most exposure to your classic gun games, Area Fifty One, uh, Police Trainer, all that kind of fun stuff, is in movie theater arcades because those are still. That's a good point. They're still kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. but especially the smaller ones. You're yes, right. Yeah, yeah. The smaller movie theaters, rather. Yeah, it's still not. Uh, it's still common to find an arcade in them, and it. That's where you, okay, well, I've got a few minutes before a movie and I don't want to go in and, and sit down and you just wander over and play a couple of games at Area 51 or something. So Yeah, yeah very true, very true. So that, that leads us to what, what I'm going to talk about, which is how to work on a gun game, specifically the gun mechanisms and how, and how they work. All right. So in short, there are, that I'm aware of, three basic methodologies for for read the the game reading the gun okay the first i'll mention kind of more or less in passing because i'm only actually aware of one title that does it not to say that there there isn't more but that is a gun that's mounted on a pedestal or a stalk kind of analogous to your old electromechanical games yeah yeah and there are potentiometers under the, the control panel that read the, the location of the gun. And, and the one title I'm aware of that, that has this is a game called Lucky and Wild, if you've ever heard of that game. <laughs> okay, I'll have to go look it up. Okay, and I, I've never seen one in person. It, it's a it's a two-player game. It's a, it's a sit-down game, and it's like a buddy cop-type situation, uh, as I take it, and one person can drive the vehicle, it, and the other person can shoot. And, and as I understand, if you're just playing a single player game, you can choose either role, and then you get a computer, you know, sidekick. So that that game uses, as I understand, uh, potentiometers in the control panel to to register where the gun is. And, and I would be willing to bet that probably has something to do with the probably a single monitor, mm-hmm. and it be kind of being off off locate you know off center and just all that kind of fun stuff but anyway that's how that that game works the second type and we're not really going to talk about this type is where you've got optical sensors that register the location of the shot fired that run the perimeter of the monitor okay so we're going to see this is with your modern games on an LCD display, like like if you went out and played a brand new Buck Hunter, that's where you're going to see it. There's going to be uh, optical sensors that surround the display that are actually going to be looking back at the gun, and they're going to ca- calculate where where they're shooting. Okay, and you'll even see this in some. I hesitate to say classic, but maybe some transition games where you're getting away from your CRT based games and you're getting to your LCD games. You got that middle ground that that basically had a rear projection television in the box, mm-hmm. so to speak. I've seen seen them with. Like, I mean, there's a fair amount of those. Yeah, yeah. like a. Uh, uh, there's a Jurassic Park game from Sega that was like that, and, and it'll have optical pickups, op- optical bars that that ring that that display the hole that the display pokes through that reads the guns. Okay, so that that's, I mean, they're out there. I, I don't know. 
a lot of people that have them. But what, what's most common, oh, oh, real quick tip on how to even see if those displays are, are working. Have you ever done the cell phone trick on an opto on a pinball machine? Mm-mm. No, I have not. So you can do this on the transmit side of an op, of, a, of an opto pair on a pinball and I tell you where you can even see this in a real quick, if you got a remote control, like for a television or whatever, a DVD player, it's got a, the little red uh, lens on the end of it where it's, uh, it is a infrared, infrared transmitter. Yes. Uh-huh. If you push the button, you can't see that, that lamp do anything. Put, turn the camera on, on your phone, look at your phone and then shoot the, the remote into the camera lens and you'll see it flash. Mm. So you can do that on a pinball machine too. You can see if the transmitter side is working by hovering over your play field over the opto and you can actually see it light in the camera on your phone. All right. So like if you've got one of those Sega Jurassic Park games and you're having read problems, you can just take your phone and go all the way around and see if all the LEDs are on, all the oh, optos okay. are on. Okay. All right. So what, what I really want to kind of focus on is what I would call your classic CRT-based gun games. This is where you got the HAP controls, your everyday standard 45 style, uh, or some even in a revolver, like when you look at your, uh, uh, oh gosh, the name of the game, I can picture the game. It's like you're playing a cop. It's not police trainer, lethal enforcer. There's lethal enforcers and lethal enforcers too. Lethal enforcers too is, is set like in the old West and the gun shells from the factory look like old revolvers. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, Area 51, your early buck hunters with the shotgun. You're going to have a CRT display, and when you pull the trigger, you notice, and this is how they work, you notice that the display flashes with every trigger pull, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. So what actually goes on there is that it, the the game board, the game paints the screen white. In a CRT monitor, your screen is painted line at a time, and then when you get to the very bottom, that beam flies back to the upper left, and it starts all over again, all right? And it paints. It just does it so fast, you can't visually see that the, the, to you, the screen looks smooth. That's, that's just, that's how it works. That's how old school TV works. Well, as it's painting it white, I'm trying not to get super deep into this, but this comes into play in some of the troubleshooting. What happens is, is when you pull the trigger, it paints the screen white and the opto in the gun reads, it captures when it sees that white come by. And then the game board calculates based on how it understands the timing to paint a line. It understands what line it's on and at the point at which the gun reads it, it could calculate the time it wrote. It was writing that line to figure out where your shot was. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then it scores your shot hit or miss. All right. So the, one of the, one of the first things here to, to keep in mind is, is that you have to have a healthy monitor. All right. Fairly, you know, good shape, Good color uh, uh, representation, good color adjustment. You know, this is where cap kits really help. 
contrast setting is really important because you have to have a good balance with your black and your white so that it can read whenever you pull the trigger and it starts to paint it white. And, and next time you're playing a gun game, pay attention. You, you'll see it. You'll see the flash. And you might even, if you really study it, you might even be able to uh, to catch it painting the exactly. screen you know yep and you know what you to force it to paint the whole screen just aim the gun off away from the game and pull the trigger yeah. and it'll it'll paint the whole screen yeah and i've noticed that even on even on like the nes with the zapper oh and if, if you just hold the zapper off screen and yep. pull the trigger repeatedly I, you'll you'll see it no problem at all uh, whitney that's a that's a a great point that's exactly how your uh the gun on a sega master system worked yeah. the gun and any a zapper gun works mm-hmm. and, and that's why they won't work on a on a flat screen on a on a um, lcd display because what those do is they actually flash the entire picture in one shot so to speak there's not a there's not a painting there's not an up uh, upper left to lower right scan line type situation it will display the entire picture in in one fell swoop so y- your your light guns won't work on an lcd yeah all right so th- that answers that question so so nonetheless so so what what kind of happens uh in my mind as i'm troubleshooting these you know i'm looking past the monitor if i'm going to go ahead and say okay the monitor's in good health the monitor's got good color uh, I, I feel good about the, you know, the, the, that black is deeply black and that white, I've got a good representation of white. I've got a good contrast. W- what you typically find really is the gun at fault because the gun takes a lot of abuse. It's a little bit worse than a joystick, in, in my opinion, especially if the game has been on location. <laughs> Oh yeah, because people knock it off. They they kick it around. Yeah, they get mad at it. Yeah, flare, they, they, they jerk on the cable. Yeah. They they turn it around. They're like, hey, look at this, and yeah. then it yanks the cable tight. And so so that that's really kind of the place where if I'm asked to help somebody with one of these games, where I find my problem ninety percent of the time. Okay, so generally you're going to end up having to take the gun apart at some point. And, and I'll go ahead and mention here. Especially when you look at some of the the guns, like the factory guns on like House of the Dead, they uh, they've got tiny bits. The hardware's small, okay. So you've got a, a pretty small pocket for a pretty small Phillips head screw that goes into a pretty small nut. Hmm. So pay attention as you take it apart. Some of the gun shells they don't use or won't use consistent length hardware, so generally you'll find one, maybe two lengths, depending on what you're taking apart. And of course you need to put back, put it back like you took it apart. How, how it came out. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. And, and don't, don't lose the nuts because I, I, I can't think of a gun shell I've ever taken apart where the nut was actually cast into it. Now it's not uncommon for them to have been twisted and kind of self locked into it. But, oh, it's going to stick in there. I'm cool. And then you're messing around with it. And then it falls out and it gets kicked under the game. It's lost in the carpet and it, it's gone forever. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. So generally, whenever I end up eventually taking them apart, I'll cradle the, the side that's got the nut in it in my palm and I'll wrap the other side of the shell with like the handle of the screwdriver and the nut will fall out. Mm-hmm. And then I'll stick it in a magnetic tray. Okay. 
So anyway, like I said, just keep an eye out on the hardware. First thing I, I'll ask somebody or I'll look at is, does the trigger work? And this gets back to that we see the screen painted white. Every gun game I've ever messed with, there's a gun firing sound. So you'll know if the switch in the in the gun is working because you will or won't hear that and you won't see it it paint white. Good indication that the switch is, is at fault. And man, a lot of times what I found there is the their micro switches. And it's actually a mini micro switch, a very common thing in pinball. They're not difficult to get a hold of. And what I'll find there is because there's that constant trigger pull. And as people get excited, they pull a little harder. And those shells, I mean, they're just, they're relatively thinnish plastic. You'll get a lot of flex on the actuator that's on that, that micro switch. Often, more often than not, it doesn't take much of a tweak to give it, bend it back straight or maybe put just an ever so slight little arc in it. And the way you can test that is once you've got the game apart, or excuse me, the gun apart, just reach in there and manually actuate the switch with your finger, not with the trigger and, and make, you know, start a game and, and just start hitting the switch and see if it, if it reads. See if you, if you see the screen paint white and you hear the, the, the matching sound effect. And again, if you have to replace that because they get banged around, I've seen, um, I've seen the tabs break off the switches. So, you know, you'll just replace the switch. It's not uncommon, uh, to see the, the the wiring harness ripped off because even though there's strain reliefs in there, mm-hmm. people yanking on them if the game's been on location or something, that you know it'll only go so far and eventually it's not uncommon to walk the quick connects off the switches. So you know just a visual inspection, you'll see if there's a wire dangling or there's a there's a quick con- uh, there's a tab broke off the the switch body itself. So once you get past that. Your your next kind of your next hurdle is that the, you know the trigger is firing but the shot isn't reading, and this is where I, I like to put the game in test mode. A lot of these games will have a test mode where it's just a you know a, a background with some numbers and you can shoot the squares and basically it'll give you the opportunity to shoot the entire screen and get an idea if you're localized to an area Mm -hmm. or if it's not registering at all what often stands out there because the test modes i've seen the background is a is a is a solid color like a gray okay that's a good opportunity to see if you've got any magnetic issues if if the screen if if the monitor's magnetized and you need to degauss it because more often than not i'll find an area with a mag a magnetic issue and that's the area that's not registering the shot okay so then you can get out your coil degauss the monitor and then and then walk forward from there and you know has that actually i mean have you seen that just degaussing oh yeah 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 i've seen in actual gameplay where there's enough activity on the screen or like an area 51 is an example where it's kind of dark it you know dark the whole the, the whole tone of the game is dark you can't see it, mm-hmm. not in regular gameplay. You go in test mode and you put up a solid color screen and you're like, oh, there's a huge rainbow over here in the corner. Oh, I see. And I've okay. got problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I, I, I get that. I get yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, that's a situation where you don't have a universal not registering. I've got a, I've got a problem in this corner or that corner mm-hmm. or this side of the screen. Yeah. All right. So, you know, just throw it in test mode and throw up either the, 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 the test 
to read for the gun, the gun test, or just throw up a solid color like in the display test and see if you've if you've got an issue there. Backing out of having a monitor problem, you're you're back into the gun itself again. And you've got an opto pickup in there. So when you take the gun apart, uh, in the barrel of the gun, the upper body of the gun shell, you're going to have a PCB. And I, I've seen these in, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, an inner, a carrier, if you will. So you can take the whole assembly out and it'll be like a rectangular little carrier where the PCB is. And on the edge of the PCB is the opto mm-hmm. and the opto will extend into this little tube uh, like a mini barrel, if you will, a barrel within the barrel. A barrel within a barrel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That uh, the opto, it, it's and it's all usually black plastic. I'm sure that has something to do with how it's engineered to read the light as it comes in the actual face of the gun, and that whole assembly will kind of pull out. All right. One of the one of the things that is really super common is at the end of the shell the gun shell there's usually there's going to be a clear lens or there should be you know it's not to say that someone hadn't taken it apart and left it out yeah and that's to protect the barrel the opto uh at the end of that barrel from crap getting crammed in it and and junk like that but what i've found a lot of times is if you know those get dirty the, the the gun will read inconsistently a lot of times i find it gets dirty from the inside Okay, so how does that happen? If you've taken these apart a lot, I'll find white dust in them quite often. And what that dust is, as best as I can tell, is after 10,000 actuations of the trigger, it's the plastic rubbing against plastic of the trigger rubbing against the gun shell or the pivot point that the trigger actuates. And it just ever so slowly, ever so gently is grinding itself into oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. That dust gets up inside the gun. It'll cloud the backside of the lens. Okay. Flip side of that back in that carrier, I was talking about where the PCB is and the actual opto, uh, it can get dirty. So it's not uncommon to actually take that assembly out and get in there with a little Q-tip and kind of give her a little scrub off or just blow it out. And then, uh, and then life is good. So a couple mechanical issues I've run into relating to that assembly where the opto and the PCB is the, uh, the wiring harness. Like I mentioned with the switch, I've, I've troubleshot, no pun intended, several of these guns <laughs> and, and the harness is just unplugged. And the best I can tell is someone is just jerked real hard back against the that rubber relief, that rubber hose, if you will, that connects the gain. I mean, to- that would be almost like, in my mind, intentional. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's like almost borderline on vandalism or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know a, a little a little kid that doesn't know and they turn around they run off with it and well, it gets no, jerked out of their hand or something yeah, like yeah, that. That's you know? a good point. They run as hard as they can and then strip it out of their own hands. Exactly. Yeah. So usually, you know, there's a strain. Like I said, there's a strain relief in there, and the actual wire harness is encased within that rubber hose that we see running between the game and the gun. There's only so much that'll that'll pr- protection that'll provide. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can only fight physics for so long and then it's there. So yeah, check that's, I, I don't know how many I've opened up. And I'm like, 
it's just unplugged. How does that happen? You know, <laughs> Especially in something that's enclosed. Yeah. How does that plug it in? Game, the yeah. game works. Huh. The, uh, uh, pardon me. The other thing that I've ran into, and this is a little bit harder to fix, is if you look at, like I said, you look at that little assembly where the PCB is, and then the opto that goes down the barrel of the gun, you can see the opto itself soldered to the board and laid over into the little barrel, the little black tube I mentioned that comes off that assembly that points down the barrel of the gun. And because of all the banging around, just like happens in a pinball, the feet, or excuse me, the leads off that opto will break. So if they break at the board, you're not in too bad of a position. You can reach right in there, tap, uh, uh, tack it back down with a little solder, and you're actually probably going to be in better shape because you've got a little mound of solder there to kind of stabilize everything. If it's broken actually at the body of the opto, then you're into just replacing it. You know, you go out and you find the whole opto, or in some cases, since since these are so common, you just buy the whole assembly and drop so, it in, and you're done. So, what's the money like on this? I mean, uh, opto. I mean, I mean, I've never, well, I've never had one, so I don't. I've never really researched what it takes to purchase one of these from a dollar perspective. I mean, what do the optos cost? So, run of the mill. I, I'm gonna say I don't know. And the oh, reason okay. I don't know is it depends. Well, the re- the reason I don't know is because I I've like okay in the situations where I've had them I've found them for people and they're broke at the actual body of the opto not at the board. I'm like, there's your problem. Yeah, go look, man. Yeah, you and know, then they, hit half, get it themselves. Hit 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 the you know the usual suspect. Hit eBay, go buy a whole other gun used and then have parts. And uh, it sounds kind of cold, but at that point, I like I tap out. I yeah, walk oh away. yeah, no, I, I you know, get it. It's I, like, I, listen, I, I've ta- I've brought you to water, drink. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and that's it. Like I said, the you've really got kind of two places to look, and uh, you know, the monitor being you know the primary, but again, where I have in helping people work on these games, ninety percent of the issues that I run into is actually at the gun itself. And of those outside, you could actually say it's all mechanical, even a broken opto, because that's just result of the thing being banged around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's not much else in there other the little PCB that drives the opto. And, And to be honest with you, I've never had an occasion to troubleshoot one of them. The rest of it all comes down to, to physical mechanical issues, the wiring, the switch, uh, or the actual opto itself. And, it, it, you know, knowing how the system works, you can pretty much walk up to one that's air quotes not working, but it's it, the game is playing, start a game, pull the trigger, and pretty much have an idea of one of those three key places, yeah. monitor, opto assembly, or trigger where your problem's yeah, at. Yeah, I, I, can to- I can totally see You know, that. the keys understand how it works. Yeah, so we, I, we've covered that. Yeah, well, and it feels to me like they almost tell on themselves. So Yeah, yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, you know, if you know what language they're talking. The, yeah, that's exactly right. All right, so Whitney, I think we're going to spend some of my money. Yes, well, you know something... Brent, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you cover off on this first one, okay? We're gonna we're gonna do a break in format, all right? <laughs> because because you added this one in, and you actually uh, I, 
I, I saw this on on your on your dog this evening before we started. People uh, are like recording the show. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, where where is he going with this? And it's like this is the coolest retro dog collar I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. So, so yeah. So so tell tell everybody what what we have here. So in full disclosure, I actually know the lady that that runs this Etsy shop. Oh, you do. I do. I do know her. Oh, okay. So okay. that that's how uh, I found this and what she, she do custom collars as far as I know. Yeah, she'll, she does. So what she does is she, she, she custom hand makes bookmarks, uh, dog collars, uh, lanyards, uh, pr- pretty much anything of that, of that format where it's, I hesitate to say ribbon, Yeah, but what she'll do is she will, uh, uh, find material of a genre. Uh-huh. So what she, what her, he, where she really focuses is things that are themed like in sci-fi, fantasy, anime. You know, there'll be a lot of Harry Potter stuff. And what she will do is she will, in some cases, depending on the thing, she will make from scratch the bookmark. She will make from scratch out of this material that has this pattern, the lanyard. Mm-hmm. And okay, it, like in the case of the dog collar, she has found material. And, and you know, th- this, this is where, you know, she shot. This is, in my opinion, this is where the money is. It's where the value prop yeah. is. Right. First of all, I can't sew, you know, to yeah. save my life, but she has taken, she's not remade the wheel here. Why would you, she, she, she would take a dog collar and disassemble the dog collar, then she will take what she's going to adorn it with. In this case, she, and I have no idea where you would come up with this. She has different widths of material with Pac-Man chasing the ghosts. And this isn't like it was a, it was like a yard of material that you would buy somewhere and she's cutting it into strips. It, 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 it looks to me purpose made in that there's Pac-Man, there's the ghosts, the upper and lower edges are the colors of the maze. Are you looking at it now, Whitney? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. And, and there's dots and they're, they're perfectly in line and they're the right width and they're made onto the dog collar. She has ad- adhered it to the dog collar, then reassembled and restitched the dog collar. Yeah. So yeah, it's in, in a very high quality yes, format oh yeah. as well. I, I'm really, I'm really kind of over explaining it here, but I want to want to convey that if you're interested in this, it's just not like a two or three inch little swatch that's adhered to a dog collar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this there is a lot of effort and research, research and effort that has gone into this. I w- I looked at that and I was like. Oh yeah, that's cool. And I, I'm not a Pac-Man fan. I was like, we're getting this. <laughs> so I don't know what other arcade stuff she has or what else that she's got related, but I know we have a varied fan base. So I could only imagine, Yeah, I can't imagine that she wouldn't have something, you know, if you took a look at her site that would also appeal to a lot of our listeners. Yeah. So we'll, we'll make sure that this gets in the show notes for sure. So yeah, it's an Etsy shop. And, and, and it was very reasonable. It was 15 bucks. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm going to be honest for people that know me, I spoil the crap out of my dog. Now she's, she's very well behaved and she doesn't run the house, but she does not want for anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's, that's not a bad thing. No, so. not at all. So it, it's not uncommon. I mean, I don't know how many callers that she has 
$15 is very, very reasonable for a quality mass produced collar. Yeah. And especially and that's what this collar costs. Quote unquote stitched out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, let alone one that has a very nice quality collar that has been customized. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. the The Pac-Man dog collar is is my pick of the month, Whitney. <laughs> so yeah, we'll link to our Etsy shop, and we'll actually uh, we'll have a link right to that particular collar. And uh, Whitney, I I don't get the name. I meant to ask her, and, and I'm only assuming that that is some maybe book reference or sci-fi reference I, I'm not aware of. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I'd have it's, to search it to find out. It's kindling hamsters. Yes. Two, I have no idea what that means. Two words that I never would have put together no. at all. And, and I'm yeah, assuming, kindling hamsters. I'm assuming it's a different definition of kindling. Because when I think of kindling, I'm sure it's the same when you're thinking of mm-hmm. small, what are, to start a fire. To start a fire. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's cool. We'll we'll definitely so, yeah, take, take ch- a look at it. Definitely I've got, check I've got it three out. dogs, so I'm I'm going to be in it for forty five bucks, no matter how I go. So, <laughs> well, make so, sure the the link I've got is to the medium. So, uh, um, you know, definitely hit her up. I, I'm sure just looking at her inventory because I've actually seen her at, at shows. I've seen her set up at shows. I can't imagine, I can only imagine how difficult it would be to try to keep an Etsy shop 100% updated because she has tons of inventory. Mm, so she she cool. may have the larger sizes. Uh, she had three three sizes of collars alone plus everything else. Yeah. And, and if you're looking for something custom, I'm sure she can do it. Yeah. So. You know, it looks good. Like I say, I'm I'll I'm gonna have to get collars. Maxine's for my, Maxine's sporting it. And and I tell you, everywhere that she's been with it, and Maxine has been with me for a long time. I have never had anyone comment over her collar. And now we everywhere we go, everyone fawns over her collar. That's hilarious. <laughs> so it it is it has become comical. Well, that's that's awesome. Well then that means that was fifteen dollars well spent. And and she does leashes. I, some of it's been turned on me because I didn't get her the matching leash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair fair enough. Fair enough. All, All right, right, Winnie, take over. Well, what are you gonna do to me? So here's the thing. This all this is all single source, so I'm going to save you on the shipping, okay? And and that's the that's the only thing that I can say uh, about this month. But uh, Brent, this this comes straight from from Clov, and this is um, a gentleman that goes by the the form handled uh, Riddled TV, and he's got some he's got some pretty cool uh, what I would consider kind of tool bag type of. Um, type of options here but before we get into that and actually they're they're jamma testers and they're some really nice looking jamma testers but before we get into that uh he's he's come up with with what's essentially kind of the the holy grail for punch out and super punch out owners and he has devised a punch out and super punch out switcher and what this does is is it's a, it's a hundred well let's get into the details here in just a second but just the general the generals on this it is that this is a hundred dollars shipped in here in the continental U.S. and it is a it, it's a it's a two piece switcher. It's a main board with a with a remote, and the two PCBs that form the switcher setup they're they're connected by what he calls a thirty a three foot uh, forty pin ribbon cable that that is included. And the way that this is um, laid out is the main board inserts between your punch out and your wiring harness. 
and says then the remote board can be located anywhere up to up to three feet away. And then um, you, you mean you may need to move your PCBs around in the cabinet a bit to account for this. But essentially, what this is going to do is it's going to let you switch between your punch out and your super punch out PCBs um, in your game. And for anybody that has this a punch out or super punch out, you you know that you probably would not want to dedicate um, two cabinets space to run a dedicated punch out and a dedicated super punch out because super punch out is essentially, I guess, kind of like a subset or I'm sorry, a superset of punch out. And I, I mean, I know that I wouldn't, and I'm, I mean, I'm a huge Nintendo fan and would definitely like to have both games, but I'm not going to have two of those cabinets sitting side by side for what is essentially uh, one game being a superset of so, the other game. So doesn't, doesn't super punch out have an extra we talked about this in a recent show. We, we the did. joystick pushes down, right? Uh, no, it pulls uh, pulls up. It, it pulls up. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it pulls up. It's called it's a it's a five way joystick. So it's a four way, and then you can pull up for on, a fifth on the way. joystick for for the fifth way. So it sounds like to do this, if you had a punch out, you need to either make that you either need to hook, put that switch in somewhere yeah. and have a way of actuating it, or source that joystick and swap it in and wire accordingly yeah and, and you can you can get all the parts to convert your four-way punch-out joystick to a five-way super punch-out joystick at mike's arcade oh okay so, so i mean oh all right yeah, yeah i mean th- this is this i thought is that a, would be a hen's tooth type thing trying to find it i thought it would be like trying to find hen's teeth well it used to be until mike reproduced everything. oh okay all so right, well. so now it's all it's all fairly readily available so so the value i bring to this is pointing people to mike's arcade bingo. got it okay. bingo. and you did it and i, I mean you like you, i planned you it. Did it you did it like you planned okay it, man. all so right it's all good that's what i'm here for it, right on so so this works out really well a hundred dollar solution to running both a punch out and a super punch out board inside your machine and i again i, I think this is uh th- this is an awesome way awesome way of uh of going about that so uh really really uh really really uh nice solution very clean very uh, well, well thought out, well laid out, and um, this is solved. This is going to solve a, a fairly long-standing problem in the community for not a lot of money. So, uh, pretty, pretty neat setup. Anyway, like I say, we will have a link uh, to the Clob thread in the show notes to where you can contact uh, Riddle TV and, and hop on that if you're interested in doing so. The next two item uh, items, Brent, are really just variations of each other. These are two JAMA testers. Uh, the first one is a $39 JAMA tester, and it has, um, it has got buttons for all the JAMA inputs on the JAMA tester board so, so itself. For, so, yeah, for people not looking at this, it's a board. It's a card. Yes. You, it's a PCB. Yes, and, it is. And, and so, so it has JAMA input on one side, JAMA output on the other side, I guess is the way to say it. You know, it's got it's got a, a JAMA harness connector on one side and then then the JAMA fingerboard on the other side. And so so essentially if you think about this, you know, th- this is this is really kind of a um I guess what's what's the right term for this? I guess it's kind of like a pass through type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I mean that that's when I look at it. That that's what I immediately think of. But what's nice about it is it also has a, a five volt digital voltmeter readout on the on the PCB as well. It's kind of it's kind of uh, attached, I guess, kind of hot glued up into the corner. 
and it'll give you uh, a readout of of the voltage that um, that is passing through from from the power supply onto the board on the five volt rail, and then uh, essentially what you get by putting this in in series with your JAMA harness and your PCB is you can drive the game board. Uh, by using all the buttons on the JAMA tester uh, on the JAMA tester board itself. Okay, so essentially it mimics all the control panel inputs right on the JAMA board itself, right on the tester board itself. And then because, uh, uh, I mean, it, it, the pat the pass through is you still need the harness in the game for power. Exactly. Where yes, you would yep, plug. It looks like you would plug this onto the board. And then the harness, or the, if you had just a, uh, you know, even a power supply on your bench. On your bench, exactly. And you just had the power pins populated on a, you know, on a solder j- tail JAMA connector. Yeah. You could set this on your bench and actuate all, all of the, the control panel. All the control panel just right on, there. Just on this right here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, that to me, that would be the win because basically that's your JAMA test rig right there on that, the board that and a, a little switching power supply yeah without having to kit up an entire control panel and wire up all the buttons and, yep. and all that kind of stuff 39 dollars to me that that's high value now the next one brent is 69 dollars. but look at the catch with this it's a jamma tester and built into it is the crafty net is, is the crafty mech test pattern generator oh is all it? in one board yes now, $69 uh, shipped, just like the just like uh, the other JAMA tester, which was $39 shipped. And this was done in um, con- this was done in cooperation with both Riddle TV and Crafty Mac. And what this does is this produces a full suite of the Crafty Mac TPG test patterns uh, that outputs to your monitor in your cabinet. Um, and it also produces sound, so you can test your speaker by pressing player player one button two on the control panel. Uh, it allows you to test all your switches and, and buttons, joystick inputs, everything like that. And it does have um, LEDs on the tester board itself that light up a, a unique LED for each input coming off of the control panel. And then it, it has voltage LEDs to indicate presence of voltage for each one of the um, the the power rails coming off of the uh, coming off the of the power supply itself. So that's pretty cool here. If you if it, re- got, it really is. If you've got a jam a cabinet, yep. You, you unplug the board. You plug this in in place of the board. And then it gives you LED indicators for all your controls, yep. and it'll feed the monitor a test signal. That's exactly right. So, so think of this: is this tests everything but the board in the cabinet? The prior would use what's in the cabinet to test the board. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a uh, you know a, a yin and a yang scenario. I mean, with both of these boards for essentially what is. Um, $110 outlay, actually 100, 108 shipped to your, to your house for $108 outlay. You've got everything that you need to test either a JAMA PCB or everything in a JAMA cabinet done, 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 done better living through technology is what I say. So, so um, I, I, the riddle riddle TV, that's, that's a new name to me. Is this, uh, you know, we somebody have, we have featured have we? his JAMA switcher. On the okay. podcast before, okay. but but when you say new, I'm going to say relatively new okay. for sure, because his his products have not really been on the scene for a tremendously long time, like not five five six seven years that that I 
that I can recall or remember. So a fairly recent entrant into the field, but I will say this has come on pretty strong. So I mean, it, it's it's pretty neat stuff. And his his website is just Riddled TV R I D D L E D tv.com and everything that you that we've talked about is available on his site except for the punch the, the punch out and the super punch out switcher that's not made it on the website yet you have to actually uh, contact him directly to get that but you can do that on cloth so a it looks like there's actually a flavor of the jamma tester that doesn't include the test pattern generator. So you plug it in and it looks like it gives you lamps for all your switch switch closures. Yeah. Uh-huh. For twenty nine dollars. Yeah. And, I mean, there's all kinds of He's well, got quite a few things here. He does. And and here's the thing that here here's the reason that I'll do like the Jamma tester with the crafty mech in it is mm-hmm. I can see where this would be handy to to test a monitor and everything in a cabinet without having to break the cabinet apart or without having to, you know, get up into the monitor and, you know, yank, you know, yank the the video cables for it or anything like that. And it it just allows you to test something as kind of like you walk up to it. So, so uh, there, there is that. So if you were, you know, wanting to see, okay, well, what does a monitor really look like if it's not displaying the game? Um, then this will give you this will give you a, a good way to go about that. So yeah, definitely check out a site. I mean, just looking down the left side of all of these different products. I mean, there's several flavors of testers, so you can, you know, kind of ch- okay. Well, I'd rather have one that does this or that or not exactly. this. Or, yeah. There, there, there's kind of a there. There's a full spread here. There's a, there's a, a couple more even than we've mentioned. Than we've mentioned. It yeah. looks like he's selling some adapters. He's got some adapters. And, uh, um, of course the testers and, you know, his switch, his switchers. And there's several of those of different flavors. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's got some really good stuff. So uh, if if you, yeah, like I say, if you, if you are of the mindset to where this is the route that you'd like to go from a test rig perspective, um, I I mean, I can't, I can't fault I can't fault a person for doing that. He's got a, he's got a, a, a quick four, way to solve the problem. A four-player six-way jamma switcher. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that crazy? Yep. And and it all looks like really high quality stuff. So, you know, from from a a, a construction and a uh, you know a testing and a layout in a construction standpoint. So, so anyway, Brent, that's that's what we've spent your money on. We've bought dog collars and jamma testers and punch out switchers. So I'm not really. I'm not really sure how we draw lines between I'm all of either. those things, but you know what? That's what we do here on the show. Well, you know, personally, I'm still going to not downplay uh, the, you know, the fine folks at Riddle TV, but I'm still a fan of the dog collar. You know, <laughs> fair enough. I'm a fan of the punch out switcher. <laughs> yeah. It, but, it, but, you know, a, a fine, fine jamma tester is, cannot be undervalued. So. Look, if I put, if I put a jamma tester around, uh, around my dog's neck, do you, she, it would not garner the attention as the pipe, much attention as the, the pipe man collar. No, it really, it really, really wouldn't. And, you know, and she could pull it off though. She could pull it off. And at the same point, you know, if we threw a dog collar on a jamma board and said, you know, tell me something, we really wouldn't get much <laughs> no, out of it no. either. So <laughs> yeah, you're, you're correct. It's, yeah. So it, it's, those it's are mutually exclusive things. It, they truly are. It's all about time and place, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, Brent, that's uh, spending your money this month. I, I will say this over the past several months. And I, I say this with all transparency and, uh, and peace and love. 
I've had a little harder time finding stuff to spend your money on because Brent, I would say in the five years we've been doing the show, we've given it one heck of a run and uh, <laughs> somebody needs to create some more products. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but what one of the hallmarks of the show, one of the calling cards of the show, I, I'm, I'm starting to kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel <laughs> on stuff, and I, but I want it to be quality stuff. And, and quite honestly, um, we, we've, we have, <laughs> we've, we've run the gamut on a lot of stuff, man. So, I, you know, I, I'm in no way, shape or form. Am I saying, you know, spend Brent's money is in danger of, you know, collapsing under our feet. But uh, I'm just saying that I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm having to expand my search. You know, I'm, I'm having to look a little harder and wider on some of this stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, let me, I'm going to jump down one here in our, our news feedback. And what apparently is also expanded to become correction section. Oh yeah. Speaking of spending my money. Yeah. And, and I'll go ahead and, and toss out this little bit of news. And it is just a very little bit. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It, let's have it. The, the fine folks over at one circuit. Oh, 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 this is money already spent. Oh, it, it just, it just hasn't been delivered yet. Like three of these is what I literally three of these is oh, what I, I, what I would stand in line to get. Oh, I, I will say this when, when it becomes time, I'm ordering two blindly. I'm not, I'm not even, not even going to think it's twice about it, huh? It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. I'm buying two right well, there on the spot. I say three because I've got three. I've got three of these, and and what we're talking about is the 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 often you know I, I'm going to change the word I'm going to use here. <laughs> let, let's let's put the it much this, desi- the highly anticipated, much and much desired yes pole position replacement board uh, that is you know basically a multi pole position. It plays pole position one and two. And the Namco and 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 the variants. Let's put it oh, that does way. it? Is that yes. also supposed to be in the mix as well? As, as I understand it, yes. Oh, see, yes. I, I didn't realize there was. I knew that there was a Namco and there was an Atari flavor of the board, yep. but I thought it was the same software. Yeah. I, well, I think they've got. I, I think they've got branding differences at the at the front. Okay. And don't they have different signs as you as you run through the games? I, Aren't the graphics that one, on the signs know. different? I, I can I can honestly say I've never mm. knowingly looked at a game running or paid attention to a game that I knew was running a Namco okay. board set. Okay. Not the Atari flavor. So uh I guess as of this recording, just uh a week or so ago at this point uh, over on the One Circuit Facebook page, do, do I have a link to this? I know I got the picture. Just go out on Facebook and search One Circuit, and that's without a space. Even if you put a space in there, but Facebook will find it, and you can keep up on the progress as well. But there's a picture of the the board running in an actual pole position cabinet. And it looks like it's just at the game selection screen. And I, I seem to recall this from some earlier bench test videos where it's the initial screen. You see the, the road, the racetrack, and you can you know, move the wheel right or left to you know, select pole position or pole position two. And that's kind of what's being shown here. Yeah, I cannot wait. It, oh, it's just like it's so close you can you can taste it. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. You know, about the it. smell has long since wafted out of the kitchen, and you can actually taste it now. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, uh, I've got I've got three games. I've got three pole positions. I've got my upright here in the game room. I've got uh, another upright out in in the building in really good shape, and I've got a cockpit. 
And, you know, the cockpit is what I would hope it's going to need a little work. So it's going to be a summertime thing. The cockpit is what I would hope to have here in the basement. Yeah. Oh, no. And I've got, I've actually, oddly enough, I've actually got two cockpits at my house. Oh, do you? I do. I've got one real nice one and one that's not as nice, but... I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with the one that's not as nice, but the one that's real, real nice, it's in my basement right now. Yeah. It's just waiting. It's oh, waiting. And, and get this. I just looked this up on uh, Wikipedia, which, as we all know, is the global book of knowledge. Okay. Trust it or not. Trust it or not. And correct or not. Yes. Okay. Because trusted and correction or being correct are two different things. But here we go. The game was an early example, talking about pole position, the game was an early example of product placement within a video game with billboards around the track advertising actual companies. However, some billboards were specific to the two versions, meaning Namco and Atari, such as those of Pepsi and Canon in the Namco version and those of 7-Eleven, Dentine, Centipede and Dig Dug in the Atari version, which replaced such billboards as those of Marlboro and Martini and Rossi, who, although they were prominent motorsport sponsors at the time, would be found inappropriate in the American market for a game aimed towards children. Other beer, uh, other <laughs> billboards appeared in both versions. So there we go. Huh. Yeah. Okay. There it is. And, and I, I do believe that. Adam's board features the Namco and the Atari versions of both games. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, you know, if, if you've done, I could be totally wrong, my, but that's what you know, I think. Assuming I, think I saw that, that the software is interchangeable. Why not? If you've already gone through all the work to, to figure out the exactly. hardware side, which is, yes. which is kind of where this started. I don't know if Adam started out to, does re-engineer redesign whatever the entire board but i do know he was was he was he working through discovering how the customs work to do this i don't know I, which I, came I really, first the chicken or the egg yeah exactly you know? and and i I'm, i hesitate to say to to really say any more because I, I i just i just don't know i think what i the only way that i could really answer that was to, would be to go back and either read his thread on cloth which quite honestly probably goes back for six or seven years now or either that and or watch some of his facebook videos where there have been like you know small updates and yeah. stuff like that I think so, the cloth thread is going to be the best way to go. But n- seriously, nonetheless, hopefully this is soon to come to life. I hope so. I hope so. But I will say, if you go to cloth and read the thread, bolt yourself into your chair because you're going to be reading. Uh, you're going to be reading literally years worth of posts. Yeah, it, but, this thing, this thing is it's a long time coming. But you know what? It's all good. Gosh, come on. It's all good. Because we've not seen anybody else do it in the meantime. So you know what? If it was easy, everybody would have done it. Is 2019 the year of the multipole? Please. I so hope so. I so hope so. Yep. Yep. All right. So, Whitney, I'll let you address this, the corrections here, because this... Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. This is correcting me. Okay. All right. I was about to say, was this Twitter? But no, this isn't Twitter. No, no, no. This this is a Facebook chat. So this is a dear friend of the show, uh, Jim Hale. He said, by the way, Whitney, this was a correction to, I think, something that I had mentioned when we were talking about Primus Pinball in last month's show. But he said, by the way, Kapow Pinball is Joe Kamikow. Whiz Bang is Dennis Nordman and Greg Ferreres. 
just helping you keep up your pinball cred. And, and, and I, I said, no, Jim, I didn't realize it, but apparently I mixed those up. So I, you know, I just said, thanks for setting, setting the record straight. And, um, yeah. Did you mention we were talking about like can crusher and whoa Nelly? Yeah. And then maybe I, 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 I think I probably flipped the names when we or were did talking you call about that, it. Did you call that? Uh, Kapow. I, I may have called when it, it should Kapow have been Wizbang, Nordman, and That's Ferris. exactly right. Yes, yes. And so, thank you, Jim. And I do stand corrected. Uh, we never mean to get anything wrong, but quite honestly, um, there, there's, there's a lot of details out on this, and and it's, it's tough to keep everything uh, straight, especially when stuff is when we're talking about stuff kind of off the cuff, you know. Now, if we, if, if fake it till you make it, what's that now? Fake it till you fake make it. Fake it till you make it. Now, if this show were 100 percent scripted, there would never be a single, there'd never be a I single, would, you know, mistake. I wouldn't but, go that far. <laughs> but exactly, that's what I'm saying. Fake it till you make it. But anyway, Jim, thanks for that. And, and this is interesting. He does go on. He says, he goes, yeah, I am a Woe Nelly fan and would love Primus, but I keep doing a sanity check. Why, Brent? Because of the price, yeah, and uh, whoo, it is uh, it's high money, you know. And again, if they can get it, I can't fault them for it. If yes. I, it's good. There's that old saying: "It's good work if you can get it." <laughs> if you can get it, I love. I just absolutely it. love that saying. Yes, personally, here's Brent's take. Here's a hot take. Okay. If you could build that game, the Wonelli Playfield Can Crusher Primus Playfield game, if you can build it at, at the same quality, okay, not not like skimp on things, and and I would say let's simplify the build, let's take out the mechanical scoring. And then go to what is the current scoring like they did on Beatles with the display. Yeah. The LCD. Oh, yeah. Okay. So granted, there's an additional, where's your trade-off? Do you code for the display or do you keep the mechanics? Okay. So yeah. Yeah. maybe even consider that a push. Okay. Figure out which way is 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 better. You know, <laughs> you know, push what I mean. You know what I mean by push? It's equal. I, I, I get it. It's I, equal. I know. I know. Uh, go with an original theme uh-huh. again, yeah, or even a, 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 a little bit more. Well, I'm not say a little bit. I mean, not I, I, promise is promise. They've got fans, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm not a promise fan, and I don't know anybody in the city of Louisville that runs in my circles that I would say you are a promise fan. Oh, and, we, and we established that that that. Between but they you and have I, fans. We, 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 oh, we established they have they have a boatload of fans. Yeah, their Facebook but we also is like established that you and I know nothing about Primus. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yes. So go with a little bit more of a mainstream. As the band. You know, if yes. you're going to theme it, if you're going to if you're going to put a uh, if you're going to put IP on it, go with something a little bit more mainstream, and you know, go for quantity. Yeah. Yeah. Kick out that game. At $2,000. And, 
you know, I would love to see it, but you know, the, the only thing I can say there's this there's this term that is the bane of existence for all free market for all free market businesses, and it's cogs. It's cost of goods sold, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing about it is, I I, I wonder if two thousand dollars allows them to cover cogs. I I, well, I don't I don't know. Flip that if you're doing more volume. Well, there you go. You know, I I, I know they understand that. Oh yeah. Oh, they, I mean, they're running a very successful business. So, so you, know, you know, they did, and, and that's where that's where your math goes. That's you know, okay. If if I if I anticipate to build X, and here's my profit per, what, what do they make more money? Yeah. In in, in their time, is the time worth it? And, yeah. and I understand that it's business. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's all business. It's just the business of pinball is what it is. But so. I I would be personally, I would be exploring that. Yeah, I would love to see that price point hit. Um. I don't really know what kind of machine we would get because I I remember I remember Stern going through um, the offering where they had and I'm putting quotes around this the pin which was that yep. that, that home um, yeah the pin the, the pinball machine aimed at the home market that's the best way to say it mm-hmm. and it was cut down pretty it was cut down pretty oh yeah good. it was cut down unbelievably cut, cut down cut down pretty good I don't think that would appeal to to the to the the quote unquote the modern home collector at all but that being said i I don't really know what the financials on on that uh was and how that has worked out maybe maybe it was wildly successful for him maybe it was just an experiment i I don't really know well they're not doing it anymore so i'm saying it wasn't successful yeah yeah. because if it was successful that's i'm sure that's why we have promise because the the higher priced short run and dare I say, you know, street level game mm-hmm. because the, you know, was it, yeah, was it Gottlieb that had that run of what was termed street level games, which was a simpler play field, yeah. less mechanics, less complex to build, cheaper price, easier to put in locations and, and bring people in for the more marquee titles. So I look at yeah. that, you know, the, the way technology is today. That to me is like a street level game in modern pinball. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and, but I, I'm 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 sure that it does appeal from a layout and a simplicity perspective. It does appeal, especially oh, if themed properly. Yeah, I enjoy and, it. I, when I've played that playfield, I've enjoyed it. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think Woe Nelly probably hits it from a a, a, a smile perspective and kind of a. A, a, an enjoyment of a very original theme perspective, but, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I would really really love to see something in in a in, in a mid tier price level like that, and see if that if that layout or a variation of that layout could serve that market because I think they I think they've got a lot of the work done to support that price mm-hmm. tier. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you, you can't do like a movie title. You can't do no something, no no no. You, you couldn't. Know, you can't but you do something. Still do something fun. Yeah, you can't yeah. do something people would expect a lot of depth in. Yeah, like a movie title. Uh huh. Um, I mean, the band title kind of fits. Yeah, like you know, Beatles on what's basically a, what is it? Like a a, a rewatched Sea Witch, Sea Witch, Witch playfield is, is, is the layout. Yeah. yeah, because you know you're not 
you're not in a quest mode. You're not doing something like in uh, Ghostbusters where you're, you know, you're getting <laughs> where there's a lot to do. Yeah, where there's a lot to do. You're yes. not doing something like in uh, Game of Thrones where yeah. you've got 82 houses and all yeah. these tasks. Yeah. And yep. It lends itself to a much more complex game yeah. layout. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, I, maybe maybe the maybe the run with Wonelli and the Can Crusher and now Primus. Maybe it's uh, testing. Maybe it's testing the market to see what the market would bear on, on a layout like that. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I for one would definitely like that layout mm-hmm. if it were. I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If it were half the price and yeah. and a different theme, I would. You know I what? would actually love to have one of those machines like that. Put a put a. Late fifties, early sixties, campy art style, uh, sci-fi space theme on that. The black hole, or no, BJ no, just, and the bear. No, or, no just generic. <laughs> yeah, just almost like a almost like a Python Angelo, completely from the mind yeah. generated characters. Yeah, kind of like big guns. Yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all day. All day. You know. And and I'm telling you, I think it, I think that would actually work. A, a unique sound package to go yep. with it. Uh-huh. And I mean, put a DMD back in it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, if it's fun to shoot. Yeah. Like I said, I I like the I try I like the design and I yeah. try not to like it too much because I'm not gonna buy it. Yeah, we and that's I, I think there's I think there's something to that right there. You know, it's it's just from from a price perspective, it's it's just a little tough, you know, for what it is. But it, but I guess if we were to flip that and say where where this is where this has really come around full circle though, I mean Brent, we had code from Stern drop like mega mega code drop on, said, on December the twelfth. We had three games drop in one. Oh, was day. it? Just, I had like Beatles, Guardians, Aerosmith, Kiss, Ghost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, uh, not <laughs> close. Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> yeah, you, you almost said it. You almost said it. Yeah. We, we've, we've got, we're still on the yeah. holdout for that. But, but the, yeah, they dropped, well, within that range, I know you've got some, some specific screen caps in here, but yeah, I, I looked back at, I scrolled back within a couple of days on their, on their Facebook page and they did Beatles, Guardians, Aerosmith, Kiss. Uh-huh. So there's four right there, there. There's four right there. And, uh, just even between now, even between when we did the show notes and today, when we're recording another update to Deadpool has dropped as well. So uh, that, I mean, let's go ahead, let's go ahead and say that that's, that's five titles that have seen code updates within the past, what, um, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks. Let's say two weeks tops. Yeah. At most, at most two weeks. So that I mean that that's impressive. I mean I'll give Stern credit where credits due. Well, I, that I'm, is hugely I'm impressive. I, I tell you what, here's here's what I'm doing. I'm holding out hope for hope that the code update for Ghostbusters is so, going to be so massive that not only will the game be completed, but it will make me coffee. Well. Um, I would say that I, I would say that one of the two is probably is probably bankable. Well, again, yeah. a, boy, a boy can always dream. Yeah, exactly. A boy. Would you like the co- Would you like the coffee module? <laughs> the hot coffee mod, please. That, yes. <laughs> see, now the brain is spinning as to what we could do with that can crusher layout. Yeah, <laughs> Folgers. Yes. 
but but it, it, I mean, we gotta get Folgers it, money in on this. It, well, a Folgers the a Folgers themed game. Look, How about that? I, I'm terrible at this game, but man, it smells great. It smells great. Yes. Oh yes. It tastes so good. It tastes so good. But uh, but yeah, I mean that is that's some significant uh, progress on on the code front, and I, I think. All of those games, especially like Kiss and Aerosmith, were mentioned in uh, several of the Stern and the Union. So I, I do believe, Brent, I mean, if we were to go back and look, I, I think the one holdout right now is uh, is Ghostbusters from, from, from what Stern has communicated as a commitment standpoint. So I mean, I, I've, I've got high confidence that when Ghostbusters lands, it's going to be pretty special is there anything going back as far as metallica because metallica got a recent update again as well a surprise yeah, update. yeah we so, talked we talked about that as well i think last show yeah. uh wwe's in there because that was the first spike yeah but it hasn't really yeah I, I haven't really seen i haven't really seen much talked about for it or mustang quite honestly so I don't recall there being much of anything being. Oh, that's on, right. Was Mustang? Mustang? No, Mustang was Sam. Was, Mustang, Mustang was Sam. Mustang was yeah. Sam. Yeah. I was just trying to think, going all the way back to Metallica, because Metallica was still Metallica was Sam. Sam. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Basically, all their titles within at least the last year and a half. Yeah. Maybe yeah. two years. I, I'm losing track of when things came out. Yeah. But. Well, as I understand it, I mean, Star Trek was Sam. I'm not sure about I'm not sure about Batman. Game of Thrones. I think Batman? it was Sam as well. No, Batman would have been uh, Spike. Batman with Spike. Batman was Spike. I think Batman yeah. was the first Spike, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was it was WWE. Was it WWE? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's right. It was. It because was because in sorry. the LE they actually had, if memory serves, a mini uh, uh, LCD somewhere in that the playfield. That is true. That is true. You're exactly right. And they used the same. That, that's true. Yeah. So WWE that. was the first spot. Yep. Yeah. So Game of Thrones would have been Sam as because well. I remember thinking it was kind of interesting because everybody, everybody said there was no bones about that being kind of a quick turn line fill type game Inter, in, in an intermediary platform type of type of game. And, and I it, would it, see it, it surprised me that that's where they debuted the new system. Yeah. And also that. I would have thought that it would have been a pretty marquee title because of just the, the them introducing a new system. Well, no, the footprint of the wrestling of wrestling fans. Yeah. So, but it didn't turn out that way. No, 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 it sure didn't. So, all right, man. Well, that's that's the news uh, for the month, Brent. I mean, it's uh, definitely a bit slow on the arcade side, outside of you know, outside of what's going on with uh, with Adams with, with Adams. Uh, kind of slice of the world but uh it, progress is progress so um new new stuff everywhere but man before we get into um I, I guess kind of the the outro on the show brent we do have some good feedback we've got some great uh itunes reviews and i had mentioned this earlier in the show uh listener brendan uh who had uh written in and he actually posted a question to us uh last month where we were talking about um talking about his picks for a new game. And he was talking about Stern uh, Stern LEs versus premiums and everything. And I think we kind of kitted it together, but he did he did respond back to an email and he said, uh, hey, Whitney, he said, thanks so much for the reply. And I, I'd responded to him just via email. He said, first, I should clarify the LE choices. I currently do not own any Stern machines, so my Stern lingo isn't up to par yet. LE in my mind was premium at the time of writing. Oh, okay. So that, right. that's, that's where that was. He said, sorry 
for the confusion. Glad to hear you're advocating TNA since I've already gotten the TNA ball rolling with KT at Spooky. The soundtrack and sound quality is just too good to pass up. Thanks again. Look forward to the next Broken Token and Plumbing show, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the other one. And Brendan did, uh, Brendan did respond back. And uh, he and I had uh, you know a little bit of a dialogue going back and forth. And he said, hey, Whitney and Sharp Shooter Brent. So th- this is a second email that he wrote in on. And he goes, I just finished the almost five-hour episode 75 marathon. We aim to please. We do aim to please. And uh, yeah, that, that yes, almost five hours for 75. That's that was that's crazy talk, man, uh, in more ways than one. He said, just a couple short items I'd like to bring up. Plumbing. <laughs> so title <laughs> title, and, uh, and topic number one. Whitney, so sorry to hear about your water leak. Besides natural disasters and termites, water damage from leaking pipes has to rank pretty high on the homeowner's worst nightmare. Did you ever determine how the leak started? So that was the question. The answer is yes, Brendan, I did. Um, and he, he went on to ask, he said, did another house dweller decide to hammer a nail to hang something on the wall? And it's like, although that would be uh, a possibility. No, Brendan. Well, actually as it just, turned out, it was Thanos. Is as, as it turned out, it was Thanos, and my water pipe was was half the uh, half the ones that snapped away. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, exactly. No, it was actually a solder uh, a solder joint that just wound up failing over time. Uh, Brendan is what caused all of my uh, all of my problems. So there it is. Uh, it it sat dormant for years and years and years, and Father Time just uh, took his took his. Uh, toll on it but um the the second one under pinball choice he said thanks a lot for going over the short list of possible new pins as i mentioned in a previous email i really meant premium when i said le sorry for the confusion there he said also stated uh also as stated in my last email i decided to give tna a try just something about the game that puts a smile on my face uh for the couple of times that i have played it we'll see um it will we'll see if it will keep its appeal after owning it for a while I've committed with KT at Spooky that I'm in, but I don't have a build number yet. Before sending my pinball choice uh, email to uh, to the show, I did post a survey on Pinside asking the masses what they thought. The winner there was MMR. So, Brent, that goes along with yeah, what you're you gonna, had said as we were talking about that because that was your choice as well. And actually, by this point in the show, you would have heard us talk to Larry kitchen and flipping out and we talk about mmr yes we do that's exactly right yeah uh, around all the uh around all all the remakes there um he said very tough decision who would have thought 15 years ago we we talk i mean correct that before uh jim hale gets me we mentioned i think we mentioned mmr but we talk about monster bash remake and yes, remake correct okay that is All true right. that is that is that is go true. ahead go, jim go ahead and stop that tweet yeah but we do mention we do mention medieval madness though but yeah, you're yeah. right the, the discussion mr mb whatever yeah, what's a exactly. few letters between friends it's yeah. okay that, 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 what's a few remakes between friends there you go um he said he goes on to say who would have thought 15 years ago pinhead would have such a tough First world decision to make. Very true. Since TNA costs a little less than the others, than the other options. Um, oops, sorry about that. My sound bled through in preparation for what <laughs> for I was something going to coming do next. Up. So my bad. Sorry about that. So anyway, preview. Um, he said, uh, I was also thinking, uh, I'm sorry, let me rewind. Since TNA costs a little less than the other options, I was also thinking about getting one of the physical coffee table Pong games. Thoughts, good, bad, otherwise. And for anybody who hasn't seen that, that is um, 
the the they're very modern retakes on on the pong game and it's essentially pong the game embedded in a coffee table you can see pictures of this at tablepongproject.com i think it's cool nothing that i would uh, ever really see getting a lot of fun out of after about 15 or 20 minutes so this is actually that's just me though but i think it would be a really cool thing to have inside a inside a um inside a machine so, i'm sorry inside a room inside a game room but nothing that i would really want to own long term so is this i guess i'm gonna have to click a video is this a physical i see some digital yeah. aspects of it but yeah yep. the, the video they've got here has got such a short little loop of st- something i'm not well, i don't know what they're showcasing i can't understand i can't see what the gameplay is but it looks like it's there's some physical aspect to it, like it's physically moving a a block that represents the pixels. Well, I mean, if if you, th- what I'm thinking about, and I've I've not checked out that link. Um, table. I'm, I'm trying here. I'll mute your laptop. I got it, you muted. No, that, that's fine. That's fine. I, I mean, I'm not going to bring up a YouTube video or anything like it, that. It looks like. It looks like actual f- something physical, like blocks, and I'm well, guessing maybe that's moved around via. I'm in some kind of loop, picture loop now. Yeah, I I don't know about that, but um, there was a there, there was a preview of this at CES in 2018 where the table is lit and it says Pong on the side of it, and it's got like stripes that make out the the shape of the table. And you can and the the two players oppose each other on the table, and it's literally like coffee table scale. And you play pong inside the table itself, where the where the the table top is the screen, and um, and then that that's what you play. Now, all that being said, I don't I don't really know that I would I don't really know that I would go down that road. I mean, I think it's I think it's cool, but so just, I'm watching this, and it it is actual. There's something physical in there now. Whether it, they're moving it in there, yeah, they're moving it with a magnet or what. But there's a physical block, and the paddles are physical. But you can tell that they don't actually touch. Yeah. So, and then when they impact the side of the playfield, you get a little a little light, like a little probably a few LED, you know, some LEDs that show the impact. Yeah. I tell you what, what's kind of getting me on this is this is going to be a flyby. Yeah, and I, actually I see some – they're showing in this video the underside, and you can see the carriage as it zips around. So I'm I'm sure it's driving a magnet. That, to, to, to move some of the yeah, elements to, around? to move yeah. the elements around. Yeah. So that – I don't know. I, I think it's cool. It's so just, it's a physical representation of a digital medium, but what I can't understand is why they keep – showing you that you can plug your phone into it and charge your phone. <laughs> well, because it, everything needs a USB port. Yeah. yeah. And it, and all the women in the video are, have their midriffs exposed. Well, there you go. I mean, it is 2018 after yeah. all. So It's kind of interesting just the way it's... Well, Man, it, I don't know. I, I'm, I mean, I don't think it would have a lot of staying power, if I, you ask I, me. I, I, I'm going to make a knee-jerk decision based on what little I've seen. Uh, I'm going to go with... Brandon, man, that's a no. I'd pass on that. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I, I, I it, really would. If I was setting up a game room, and I wanted a pong, I know real pongs are are rather costly and hard to find, but 
the clone pongs aren't. Yeah. And most of those that I've ever seen are in cocktail format. Yeah. It's not uncommon if you go out on uh, Facebook and search for Bronze Age Arcade. Is it? Have you, are you in that Facebook? Facebook? Yes, I sure blah, blah. Yes, that yeah. Facebook. Are yeah. you in that Facebook? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it is a. It, it's a Facebook group. It's, I think it's Bronze Age Arcade Collectors. Or I think it. Like I think that. it is. So it, that's that's going to be all focused on black and white style games. Yeah, you're going to find that, and they're not. You know, a lot of times people are just like, "Please come take it." And, you know, <laughs> please come take it. Yeah, if I was going to do a pong type thing, I'd I'd go with an actual. You know, get you an Allied Leisure or one of the Williams Upright clones. Those are out there. They're available. Yeah. Uh, Allied Leisure was Paddle Battle. Williams was, I think they just called theirs Tennis. So that's I think that's what I'd go with. Yeah, it's Bronze Age Arcade Games. That's the name of the group. Join that and you'll find your Pong. Yeah. Guar- guaranteed. So, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, just, I just can't really see putting money towards that that's just me i would say brendan if you've got money left over put it towards your next pinball machine is what i would do and the last one brent is the infamous turkey shoot that has become synonymous with so many laughs that we have here on the show because i'll say this i laugh listening to that back (laughs) and it just it just puts a smile on my face and and just to kind of loop this back around to brendan's email he says turkey shoot Theater of the mind is a wonderful thing. The gobbler followed by the gunshot was so stinking funny. But you know, you guys missed a great opportunity. And Brandon, I will say, touche, uh, we miss a great opportunity with almost every episode we release. So it's, you know, that's just kind of par for the course for us. But, you know, it, it is what it is. But he said, each gunshot could have been followed by what we have here, Brent. Yes, exactly. And he says, and in the unlikely event that Brent missed the gobbler, then we could have had this. So, yeah, you're right, Brendan. We definitely missed a good opportunity there. But I would say somewhere, I mean, we're five years into the show and we're just now really getting to the point where we're manipulating anything close to a soundboard. (laughs) Year six and seven, we ought to have this thing dialed in solid. (laughs) We'll finally have a working uh, soundboard. Yeah, for the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you're asking too much, Whitney. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And Brendan, I don't know why we didn't think of the the duck hunt because, I I mean, even like Louisville Arcade Expo last year, we had the mini was it last year or two years ago? Two we, years ago. We had the mini duck hunt. Well, we were hunt. in the back. That was yeah. the mini duck hunt in I the had, back. I had it on like that little five-inch portable black and white, black and white TV. Yes. That thing was awesome. It was awesome. And people played the just the daylights yeah. out of that. It was, it was hard to believe. But yeah, we yeah we definitely uh, definitely missed that boat. But anyway, Brendan, uh, he, he uh, definitely kind of uh, picked up the water for us and carried it. So he says, thanks a ton for all the infotainment you provide. P.S. Love my new Braun flashlight. So Brent, there we are. The Braun flashlight. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. And Brent, real quick, before we uh, before we go ahead and call this one done, we do have a couple of iTunes reviews. Sweet. And I do want to say thank you so much for the uh, for the folks that have gone in and done the reviews because Brent I've got them here and you can see by the dates I mean these are like fairly close to each other so a couple folks have gone in and 
uh, have gone in, spent the time, and done the review. And we thank you for that because every review on iTunes definitely matters. And it, it does help with the search results. It does help with the ratings. And, and the reviews are just good. So, Brent, I'll take the first one if you want to take the second one. How about that? All right. Okay. So the first one is by DJ Como. And he's in the subject of this is month after month keeps on getting better and better. And uh, DJ Como goes on to say, I've only been in the hobby of collecting for about two years now. It was my dream as a kid, and I'm 42 at this point, to own a single arcade game. I now have eight, and the collection is growing and growing. I look forward. <laughs> Just wait. Just do, wait. Do you, do you remember the videos about uh, uh, cell division in high school biology? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? I'm, yes. s- I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this only ends one way, and yeah. it ends with more. You know, <laughs> yes. That's the way it goes. <laughs> I was thinking with an ends with an arcade, but I think more <laughs> sums it up. Yeah, more works too. He goes, I look forward to the end of every month for the new podcast. I've tried listening to a few others, but none of them come close in the level of detail and information. Brent and Whitney's way of chatting every month makes me feel like I'm listening to a few of my friends talking each month. Aside from the games and pen talk, I've learned about the trials and tribulations of 3D printing and frost-free spigots. Keep up the great work, guys, and hopefully we'll catch you at a show soon. So, uh, DJ Como, thank you so much. Uh, There's five stars on that, buddy. So we really appreciate you listening and taking the time to leave the review. All right, so we got one here from uh, Bobby Bones. Bobby Bones. I like that name. I do like that name. That's a pretty cool name. style. That's it. Uh, one of his license plate on his cars just says Bones. Bones, yeah. With two, tri- with two, with two Zs. Zs. Yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. Oh. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of Z28s, and all I could do with this. <laughs> or Z car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, 300Z. All, right. all right, so so this is what Bobby wrote. This is one of my favorite shows, and here's why. If you're into arcade and pinball games, you should subscribe to this show. If you like to hear arcade collectors talk about plumbing, you should subscribe to this show. <laughs> if, you in, if you like in-depth reviews on multimeters, high-voltage probes, yes, that is a thing. 3D printers, <laughs> trailers, ratchet straps. Oh, this is going back in history. Oh, yeah. I, this, this guy's invested. Oh, yeah. So Bobby Bones, mad props. Brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all the other random musings of two arcade and pinball guys, you should subscribe to this show. And if you can get through a full episode in one setting, mad props to you. <laughs> With a little smiley True face. that. Five stars. Five star, baby. Exactly. You know, so, uh, no, that's awesome. Bobby and uh, and I don't know where the break is, so I'm going to go with DJ. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah D- DJ Como. We'll okay. just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, God, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. And here's where I will make the appeal that I usually make toward the end of the show. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, cause that's kind of where we're at. At the end of the show. Okay, yeah. Good point. Good <laughs> yeah, point. True. Look, I'll make the end of the show appeal a little earlier in the end of the show. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Uh, yep. Do that. Please go out and give us a review on iTunes. Whitney and I do this for the love of the hobby. You know, we love to get together and, and sit down and just, you know, as mentioned here, and basically chat. A couple guys hanging out. And, you know, we can communicate a little news. And if we can learn some stuff and teach some stuff along the way, all the better. All the better. That's right. However, 
you know, you know, we're not doing this to make money. However, <laughs> gosh, no, no. I, Brent, that's not you the plan. You promised checks, Brent. That's I've not the not plan. Any checks? Dang it! <laughs> we have to monetize. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have to get uh, somebody on that. Yes. To hire staff. We 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 need we need showrunners. That's what we need to get we this need stuff done. Unpaid interns. Unpaid interns. Highly educated, motivated, unpaid interns. This much is true. Hopefully they show up in March. How about that? Yeah, that'd be yes. great. Yes. It'd be great. So anyway, yeah, reach out on iTunes and give us a review. It helps get the show notice, brings us up in the rankings, and uh, I'm sure there's suggestions. Get We get out there. You know, it, it, it just brings a little bit more attention to us, and, you know, we reach a few more people every month. So we greatly appreciate those that have, and we would ask those that have not to take a moment and do it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to get into a super, super deep review. Uh, we, we appreciate it because it's feedback to us, you know, just a, a few words, uh, kind or otherwise, and uh, all five stars would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. yeah Thank cer- you. Certainly appreciate it. Certainly appreciate it. All right. Speaking of March, Whitney, uh, Louisville Arcade Expo, March first uh, through the third. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. And uh, it, unless something changes, we're going to be doing our live stream Friday and Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And there is a possibility that we may be doing a panel. So, oh. well, we'll see. Th- there's some discussion that you know that is kind of started, and you know they're working on schedules and the like. And you know if if we're invited, we would. You know, be more than happy to do it. We'd be thrilled. Uh, that, so. sa- that sounds like fun. Always love that stuff. And Whitney, I'll let you have this uh, this go around. Where can we be found? Oh, at? Yes, definitely uh, iTunes, as we just mentioned, uh, Stitcher Radio, uh, Xbox Music, the Google Play Store, and I've had uh, a couple of folks reach out uh, Facebook and otherwise and ask about some of the other more recent podcast outlets like Podbean. And uh, sure enough, I I went out and I looked at Podbean and it looks like they're pulling uh, at least a portion uh, of the iTunes uh, of the iTunes feed, so I did verify that we're there as well. And so, if there's any podcast aggregator that uh, that you don't see us on, uh, just let us know, and we'll we'll make sure that we publish our RSS feed uh, to that. But uh, quite honestly, it, it is a bit tough to keep up with all the new ones and and everyone that uh, that people may be using. But I think we have you know all the major ones covered. But uh, yeah, you can find us right there. And um, like I say, if if we don't show up somewhere, then just uh, hop on the website and do a contact form, and then we'll get ourselves out there. From a social media standpoint, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash broken token. Man, there's so, there's so much stuff that goes on over there. There's always things, you know, the story between the shows, we like to say, uh, little bits of news, things we've got going on, and you'll probably see a dog uh, collar picture out there before too long. <laughs> well, we better. We talked about yep. it. Uh, Twitter, at yeah. Broken Token, and of course, the website, www.brokentoken.com. Well, Brent, that uh, brings us to the close on number seventy-six. I I don't know. Would this uh, could would be this our last show? Is a bicentennial episode? As we talked about it up front, or uh, not? I I believe it does. It also could be our last show. Oh, was, oh my goodness! Uh, that 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 gave me the the deer of the headlights look right there. You're you know? gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I'll show up to your house next month, and and you'll you'll look at it and go, Whitney, who? I just what are you go doing away. here? Get I don't know lawn. who you are. Yeah, are you, exactly. Are you here to mow the lawn? Yeah, or I show. Up and then some old ladies living here and it's like where did brent go and he's like 
that person never existed. Who? Who? I've been I've been here for ten years. I've been sonny. here for ten years. I don't know what you're talking about. Gone. It, it would be the plot of a movie. I will just I like say Will. That. Just like Will Smith's identity was erased <sighs> in Men in Black. In gone. Men in Black, just gone. Well, I tell you what. In between the uh, suspense of waiting the days <laughs> for the next show. We'll say thank you for listening, number 76, and for everybody that has spent their time with us. We so appreciate you doing that. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll say uh, what, Brent? We need, we need a catchy out phrase this month because it is a bicentennial show. <laughs> oh, now I've got the deer in headlights. <laughs> <laughs> no, so for that, it's the only way I knew to return the deer in the, headline, the headlights. Like, look. Ah! Yeah. All right. So everybody listen. Jar, I, I got it. No, Jar Jar loves you, Whitney. Oh, yeah. That, that just, He's uh, looking right at you. Jar Jar loves that, you. That, that hurts on so many levels. All right, everybody listen. Keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzi. And that's me. <laughs> music for the Broken Token Podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. probably would help if you chose you as in me chose the correct sound input do you have an output out of that whiz bang gizmo machine that you've got he is so funny you get a drink and wash down some of the disgust <laughs> jar jar loves you Whitney. oh yeah that that just he's uh, looking right at you jar jar loves that, you that, that hurts on so many levels <laughs>